episode of The Bros Who Think Podcast, starring your host, Mr. Lyndon Burton, and his co-host, Doom, Adam Schubert, and Julian Navarre. Special guest host today, Krissa SJE. We got a lot to get into today, fellas, so, Lyndon, whenever you're ready, take it away, my brother. Oh, and everyone out there, please stay safe. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lennon Burton, a.k.a. Youngboy D-Wits, a.k.a. The People's Champ, a.k.a. Beard Gang is in the motherfucking building. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 137, and I'm just joined by my co-host as always, Mr. Doom. Doom, how are you doing in these troubling times? Man, I'm just trying to stay safe out here, man. It's getting crazy. It is getting wild. We'll get to all of that in a little bit. Let me introduce, because we have a special guest joining us in this beginning part, co-host of Hashtag Anime Talk, also hip-hop artist, Mr. Krissa SJE. Krissa, how are you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing healthy, you know what I'm saying? I'm not coughing, I'm not showing symptoms of nothing, you know what I'm saying? I'm feeling great. Life is good. Yeah, no, trying to keep it as good as we can. So, Chris is going to be joining us because... There's been a there's been a battle. There's a debate that's gonna happen on this show in the first quarter of the segment because Uzi dropped Love versus the World 2 or the deluxe edition of Eternal Take. And plus we gotta get me and Doom's thoughts because Eternal Take dropped and I feel a little differently now than I did before. But we got a debate coming. That's why Chris is gonna be on. He's gonna be talking all the other topics with us. But man, we gotta start this off with all this corona shit bro like this shit is wild let me tell y'all a story i was in the store and i was in walmart and mind you i didn't want to go to walmart first off like i think I, I put myself at risk by going to walmart but i had to go stock up get my stuff so i'm in line mind you this oh well i'm gonna do the line one second so i'm i'm in the store looking for meat so i'm i'm waiting like they got like a little section where you know, people going one by one, and they had these two black dudes in front of me, these two brothers. I was like, what's up, what's up? They was like, you want us to push to the side? I was like, no, nah, take y'all time, do y'all thing. Coming up behind us, I'm not going to say the race of the people. I'm just going to say it was a group of five or six, all with masks on. So, so we know what group it was. Chill, chill out, dude. Chill out, chill out, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the brothers looking at me, they look at I'm like, you yeah, look, we good, we good. So they keep walking. All of a sudden, one of the sons, who's like a teenager, starts coughing profusely. Now, oh. my dude, <laughs> this black dude, yo, I was crying laughing after this. Black dude looks at me, looks at his friend, looks at the family, then looks at me again, and I've never seen so much fear and terror in my eyes. This dude was about to say, yo, what the fuck? And right before he get it out, I just said, I know. And I started laughing. And he started laughing. But his friend like, nigga, why the fuck you laughing? We got to get the fuck up out of yo, here. Yo, hey, <laughs> but for real, that shit not funny, bro. You can't trust these nasty niggas, dog. Because for whatever reason, they not going to stay home. Like to me, even if you don't think you have that, you should know you can't just be around people going crazy, coughing and sneezing yeah. and shit. Like, come on, man. It's not the time for that. We're not in the times for that kind of bullshit. Yo, the, the nigga said we leaving everything. Dude, they had a basket full of shit. They left everything. Hey, I don't blame him, bro. I don't blame him. His friend was like, we got to get up the fuck up out of here, nigga. I just, I just looked at him. I laughed. I, I, I picked my meat up and I just 
hurried to the next section and tried not to see that family for the rest of the night. So the next incident, I'm in line checking all this shit out. They got, they got Mexican dudes in front of me. They got one behind me. The, uh, one of the friends tell him, hey, come, come, come up front. Come, come by us. I look at the nigga. I say, yo, bro, if you think you about to cut me with your 50 groceries, 50 plus groceries, you is crazy. I'm going to yeah. call the man. We're going we to we gonna solve this somehow. And he's like, nah, I'm going to stay. He was like, I'm going to stay put tranquilo. I was like, I'm going I'm to get calm, nigga. Your ass better not cut me. So I'm just on my phone doing my thug thizzle, just listening to some pods, watching watching YouTube, you know, just doing my thug thizzle in line because we've been in line for about 20 minutes. Now, all of a sudden, I see the people in front of me start cussing. All I hear is puta, chapara mi pollo, vato, puta. And I'm just like, yo, who is he calling yeah, up and saying this? Like, what is going on? Like, no English is being spe- spoken, but they just cussing. The man, the, the Mexican uh, teenagers in front of me are like, the, they're like a family. They're like 20 years old and they can speak English and uh, uh, Spanish. And he was like, bro, they started cussing because the lady said she closing. I look up at that light. I said, hey, ma'am, excuse me. I know this is a hard time for everybody in the grocery right now. But if you would have closed and told me this 30 minutes ago before I was waiting in this line and I know you saw me when I came and they had nobody behind me, I would have left. But you let me get all the way up here and you still ain't saying nothing. They got people behind me. I don't care about them people behind me. But you got to do the, the the thing where if you was in line before I was closing, like, yeah. you the last person. Like, at least give me that, that, that respect. She's like, I got you. I got you. And then the black lady behind me goes, oh, hold up now. Wait. <laughs> You check it out, him? Oh, no, you about to check me out, that old lady. I said, I said, look, ma'am, I don't know what she... She was like, what she said? She put me in the middle of it. I was like, I don't know what she said. Like, And the black girl looking at me, like, telling his clothes. And I'm like, look, y'all two are this far apart. Y'all can speak to each other. I'm not getting involved in this. I just start putting my stuff on the thing. Bro, bro. <laughs> Let me tell you, dog. So, picture... I went to the barbershop yesterday. I looked at my hair. I was like, yo, I'm looking a little rough. I can't corona out here, but I can't be looking bad. You know I'm what I mean? Let me, try to go, let me try to go get a, a fade, bro. So I go to the barbershop. I knew it was wild when all the barbers had masks on. And on the front of the door, <laughs> these niggas said, if you are experiencing any flu-like symptoms, we are denying you service. Appointments only. So it made me feel a little comfortable because I was like, all right, at least these niggas taking some kind of precaution. <laughs> now, granted, bro, I'm out here where like the Hispanic population is kind of heavy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So my barber, he one of them niggas like he he bilingual, just like you was just talking about. But the other uh, the owner of the shop, he like a Puerto Rican nigga, and the dude that cut my hair, he Mexican. And so picture, I sit down in a chair. And he like, one second, bro, I got to run out to my car. This he nigga come back, bro. <laughs> he has a fucking, he comes back with a grocery bag. And I don't know what's in the grocery bag. The nigga set the bag down on the counter and it's cases of bullets, right? <laughs> Wait, what the These fuck? niggas locked the front door after I sat down. And picture, I'm the only nigga in the shop that's not a barber. These niggas lock the front door and they start talking Spanish. And you know when Spanish niggas get in their bag, it sound mad aggressive. Like these <laughs> niggas sounded worried, bro. And so I'm looking at the nigga like, yo, what's going on? He was like, it's good, bro, it's good. These niggas all reach into the grocery bag, pull out their pistols and start loading the shit. And I'm like, what the fuck, nigga? Like, bro, my hair is half cut and half not. So I couldn't be like, you know what, bro? I don't know what y'all doing, but I'm good. Yo, I'm out. Like, 
I had to thug the cutout. <laughs> I was nervous as fuck. Like this coronavirus shit got niggas wildin', bro. Oh, like, you you almost was in a shootout. Bro, and, I, I, and they talking Spanish, so God only knows what the situation <laughs> is about. I'm thinking niggas trying to run up and rob these niggas. Like I'm like, why the fuck is y'all so strapped? Like I've never seen this kind of shit before. <laughs> niggas was pulling out guns, bro, loading the shit. Because it'd be oh, one thing if they was like, you know, I'm just getting some ammo for the crib. Because there, there was like a gun store in the same shopping complex. <laughs> so they was running to the store to get ammo. And I was like, fuck, man. I don't know what these niggas on. But I think they was just trying to get strapped for their crib. Just but, to say, save. Yo, niggas are wild. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I even finished. <laughs> this this old lady, she, we in line. And then so the lady says she's going to let her go through. All of a sudden, six niggas behind us start coughing. That old lady turned around so fast and said, I know y'all see I'm 70 plus years old. Why the fuck y'all coughing right now? Y'all need to get the fuck up out of here. She called a manager. The manager was like, look, ma'am. The, the lady's like, look, I don't know. They need to just go somewhere else because they can't be here right now. The manager told him six people said, look, why don't y'all just go check out over here? <laughs> That old lady wasn't playing with them niggas coughing, bro. But like you said, Doom, it's not a time to cough. Chris, how you doing in this in this quarantine corona time? Man, I'm lucky enough to not have no crazy shit have gone down. It's just minor inconveniences. It's like people, uh, people just crazy right now, man. It's just not a it's not a good time to be out and about. It's definitely the best time to quarantine, stay in your fucking house. Cause not only is that Rona out there, but the aggravation of just dealing with people out there. That like these stupidest people are out. You know what I'm saying? Not saying. Regular people ain't out too, but the stupid ones is really showing their ass right now. Like, and and that was the first thing we was the, gonna get into. The most they got a, shit is selling out. They got a video going around right now about niggas at spring break, and I'm just like, yo, dog. But I knew this. Was, I knew how bad it was because I kept seeing people on Snapchat put for all that I know posting. They at the beach, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck are y'all doing? The beach is packed. One of the dudes on the video is like, man, I don't care about Corona. I'm going to die anyway. I got I to gotta try to have fun. It's spring break. And I'm like, bro, you don't understand that if your grandma die or somebody around you die and you was around them, you're going to feel so bad. Like, you're going to feel incredibly bad. Like, what is, is it so hard for us to just stay at home? Like, I don't get, like, I really don't get that. And maybe people are like, oh, because you're an introvert, you stay at your house. But it's just like, bro. I get y'all love to go out, y'all love to have a good time, but they gotta be a time where you just sit your fucking ass down. Yeah, but people don't think about the greater good of shit. You know what I mean? They only care about how it affect them. You know what I mean? Niggas is like, ah, I'm not about to be bored. Fuck that. I'm out. You know what I mean? And they don't realize that younger people with healthy immune systems and shit, like, you can be a carrier of corona, not yeah. show any effects, and have it, and then I go around my grandma, my grandpa, and we just having a conversation, not knowing that I just gave him something that could end his life. You know what yep. I'm saying? And people not thinking like that. And, and you want to slow the spread of it. You know what I mean? Before we end up like Italy, where you got a thousand people fighting for 200 hospital beds. You know and what I mean? that's the thing, bro. It's like people don't realize when they say the two to three percent may pass or, or will get affected, it's like, do y'all realize we have 300 and something million people in the United States of America? That's that's going to be a million to two million, maybe even more people that are affected may die from this. Do you realize if a million to two million people die in America right now from this, when we get out of this, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be different. Like, uh. you can't have that shit happen. Just stay at your damn house. And the thing is, we don't have enough testing. And, and the we don't have enough tests out right now. Not everybody's getting tested. So it's like, 
if you don't show symptoms, you're not getting tested and you don't even know that you got it because you're not showing symptoms and it's like you could pass it. All you got to do is just stay at your fucking house and just keep calm. Like, I don't I don't get the levels of stupidity. And Chris, no, you was right calling them stupid because it's just like, I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, man, it's, it's getting wild in these streets, man. People just need to be educated on, on how to slow it up. You know what I mean? Because China, they was hit hard at first and them niggas actually quarantined and now they already recovering. You know what I mean? They already yeah. seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Like but they had a better plan than look us. at what yeah, that's that's another thing. Our leaders are fucking I don't, I don't even want I don't even want to get into into our plan because it's so much shit fucked up with that from the from the beginning of it. You know what I'm saying? As soon as this nigga got elected, what happened to the uh the pandemic response team? Gone. Yeah. He and he then, let them niggas go because we didn't need them. <laughs> and then in November mean? in November when he found out that the shit was coming. He said, oh, no, we good. And in January, when we had our first case, he was like, oh, no, we'll we'll just close the borders and we'll be OK. Yeah, that might have helped. But nigga, that shit was still here. And it's like so many people aren't getting tested. We don't have the resources. And it's like niggas just going to be sick and not even know it. And like we don't know what the outcome of this could be. Bro, I'm I'm tripping that I was in New Orleans like a, like uh, for Mardi Gras because I, I, I literally. The when I get back, when me and Chris will go to Mississippi Comic Con, me and him like worried because we're there. And it's like, I was in New Orleans. That shit could have been there. And I think that after and I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it's, 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 it's at this point, it's everywhere. I think now that the testing is becoming a little available, because they realizing, like, okay, we gotta do something. We looking at a pandemic on our hands. They figuring out a way to get cheap or free testing to people. You know what I mean? So now we seeing a confirmed cases like skyrocket you know what i'm saying now that people are actually able to see if they have it yeah and god knows how long niggas that had it just been moving around didn't even know you know what i'm saying now a lot of people thing. got that shit i told my girl me and my girl were talking like uh, just let's say for hypothetical i had it or she had it bro she works at nukes at a restaurant boom all them people may get it or i go to just my friend group bow five niggas them five niggas go out boom we don't know how many people get affected in the club. It's just like a trickle-down effect. If one yeah. person gets it and moves, it's going to be a tree of people that could get it. All the times I went to the gas station, all them people, like, bro, it, this bro, is... This yeah, bro, just the little shit. Like, if somebody had it, they pick up the gas pump right before you. Now you go pump your gas. You touching the same numbers on the keypad that they was touching and shit, and you just don't know. You yeah. know what I mean? And that nigga looked fine. You don't think that he got it. You know what I mean? And that's the cra- that's the crazy thing. But let's get to the jokes, because like I said, the only thing that could get us through this is the jokes. And I know people are probably tired of hearing about Corona, but you got to talk about it because that's the only thing. And I and I just I feel like we got to talk about it because we post a demographic of young people, and it's just like I get you're seeing all the things on the internet, conspiracies, whatever it may be. But this is real, and you niggas need to stay the fuck home. Stay Please. home. Watch Netflix, watch anime, watch anime, watch old sports videos, watch whatever the fuck you got to watch, but stay home and listen to some good music because they got some. But I want to ask y'all, I think the funniest thing from this going to come is all these Corona and chill niggas with these girls. And then they go find out, oh, these girls ain't the right ones. They can't cook. They not doing shit. The niggas going to get tired of their bitches or we're going to see a bunch of pregnancies. That's coming from this Corona shit. Niggas, niggas are going to be walling with these hoes out here. This I, son, I actually, I got the opposite take, son. I think we're going to see, we're going to see a lot of women in the crib with their nigga. They're going to realize like, all right, we got all this shit to do. 
We got to split all these house duties up because we chilling here all day. We not just escaping the work. They going to realize like, yo, I don't like taking out the trash. I don't like working in the yard. Let me cook. And they going to they gonna figure some shit out. You know what I mean? People, people gonna... figure some shit out when they forced to. When you forced to be in the crib and you can't just go out to the restaurants and eat and you can't just, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know about other people, but I ain't trusting the Uber Eats nigga to come get oh, some drop no. off no food. Like, I ain't. I, have I don't not... know about y'all niggas because I seen a lot of people talking that these delivery services are like the way to go. Like, so you can avoid the crowded areas. I'm like, nigga, fuck a crowded area. These Uber Eats niggas, you don't know if these niggas been washing their hands. They over here touching your food and shit. Like, hell nah. We yeah, cooking not, in the crib, nigga. I'm with the cooking shit as well. Like, low-key, I ain't I ain't eat out since, like, last Wednesday, last Tuesday, something like that. Like, I've been eating in the crib every day. But not nah, Doom, see, I'm, I'm opposite because I think it's going to be like that meme, day 27 in quarantine, and all my girl can make is chicken Alfredo and shrimp Alfredo, and I'm <laughs> sick of eating that fucking shit. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> Yo... How do you think the OnlyFans community is gonna respond to this? I don't. I don't know. I, I think they could put out the content, but they better keep it coming and they better stop charging all these expensive time because they realize we're about to be in an economic drought if they want to keep that yeah, paper man, coming. They, in. they they better run a fire sale or something because niggas is laid off right now. Niggas jobs is closed. You know what I'm saying? Niggas is kind of sitting until further notice. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if if niggas is smart they not spending 10 20 dollars a month on the only fans right now fuck trying no. to, <laughs> we trying to make it to eat nigga fuck that <laughs> bro like all money should be for like food and like yeah life essentials bro that's yeah. it we not on the the extra wave of like extra shit <laughs> only fan bitches y'all better take a back seat right now y'all <laughs> Ah, that shit is hilarious, bro. But let's get into let's get into the main debate before we the reason why we got Chris on the show. Before we even start the debate, we've setting up the Uzi's album versus Don Tolliver's album. I'm gonna start off with Chris because we haven't gotten his thoughts on the Uzi album. I'm gonna get his thoughts real quick and then do me and you'll talk about Don Tolliver's album and then we'll get the battle just to show no biases on either side. Chris, how do you feel about the Uzi album? Now see, this this is my thing, right? Like I do love Don Tolliver's album. I don't want this to be like a Chris hates Don Tolliver's album because I, I feel like this isn't even like an argument. But I've been seeing the timeline actually had the argument too because uh, I, I noticed me and Doom were having an argument. Then I started seeing a lot of people on the timeline say the same thing, but it's because they both dropped it the same day. But to me, Don Tolliver's album being as great as it was, Uzi's album is just another caliber. You know what I'm saying? He dropped a whole nother, another caliber of work. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, they're both great albums, but Uzi just got a little bit of an edge on Don as far as uh, quantity and quality. You know what I'm saying? All right. I, all see, right. I, I want you to get into why why you feel like that. What aspects of the album made it a high caliber? You know what I mean? It's had... Okay, like when you listen to Uzi, right? You don't listen to Uzi... For certain things, you listen to Uzi for those those moments because a lot of a lot of times his songs he he sets a, a mood and with that mood he he does a lot he gives you a lot of moments in the song to 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 gravitate towards you know what I'm saying and to remember like let me let me put up the track list real quick you feel me all right all right why you like put... I, I feel like you're not gonna hear you're not gonna hear Uzi uh, give you like a a song. 
uh, that's conceptually like about something that's not oozy. Like he's always giving you the same kind of content. You feel me? I wasn't expecting him to do anything. Uh, the the closest thing to a conceptual song I've ever heard him do was that Dark Queen, the song he did about his mom. But it was just basically a, a song dedicated to his mom, right? And though I didn't see that song on here, I didn't really, I, I don't really see that in his catalog as well. You know what I'm saying? But I do see like when New Paddock dropped, right? New Paddock. I don't want to say it wasn't lyrical because to me it was lyrical, but it hit hard on everything you check for when you listen to Uzi song. When he dropped the little two pack, the Sanguine Paradise, and that's a rack. Check, check, check everything. So when he dropped Eternal Take, the original one before he dropped Love Is Rage too, a lot of people were expecting for the snippets to come out. Me being one of them, I was sitting there like waiting. I'm thinking Silly Watch, bro. I'm sorry, it's gonna be uh what is now Jelly Bean or whatever, a Bean, the one Kobe Rowley with Chief Keith. Uh, so when I didn't get none of my none of my fucking snippets, I was a little mad. But by the time I got to the end of the album, I wasn't mad because I did feel like I got a bunch of other hits, a bunch of more, a bunch more hits. You know what I'm saying? All right, so like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit on not even not even comparing Uzi album, but I'm gonna give you a little bit of what I like about Don album. Go ahead, yeah, so that's think, what that's what we need. The other side, I think. Don's album, and especially you got to keep in mind that this is a debut album. You know what I mean? This is his first project. I think top tier production. Like I don't, I I can't even name somebody in the game that's in his bag of music because he's still the young, fun type trap type music. But as far as like beat selection, it's top tier. Like it, it sounded very Astro World like as far as production. You know what I mean? And then vocally, he's top tier in the game. His lyrics aren't, you know, like like you said with Uzi, like he's not the nigga you go to for the craziest wordplay or anything crazy like that. But each song still took you somewhere lyrically. Like you were able to follow the vibe he was trying to set and the, the mood that he was talking about. You know what I mean? And you put all that together when I think he's top tier at each of those levels, you got an outstanding album. You know what I mean? And then now when I when I compare the two, I look at Uzi. I look at Uzi being, what, four or five projects in, and I look at where other artists, newer artists, that have made it to that four or five albums in, their albums are quality-wise light years ahead of what EA was and the deluxe to me and I and I say light years confidently not that the album was trash or that the album was bad I just think he should have definitely had way more progression especially with the weight that we had especially with the upper level snippets that we heard going into it that we didn't get we didn't get all of them you know what I mean so it just left me really disappointed at what I thought Uzi could deliver and what he actually put out. It let me know that there was some laziness on his part. And I can't blame him because at the end of the day, his numbers tell a story that like, all right, niggas is supporting it. And I'm I'm all for that. Like, I'm glad that he winning. But I'm saying from a music level, very disappointed. Like, I don't I don't think his album reflected his true potential at this stage of his career. Because I, I hold him to 
I expect growth, just like with any of the artists. But for whatever reason, because we love Uzi, the, the personality so much, I feel like people give him like a free pass to drop just whatever. You know what I mean? And it's nothing that nobody can tell me that when I listen to the Kobe song with Chief Keef, I literally hear you got a producer who's nowhere near top tier. You laid lyrics that was nowhere near top tier. You get the, you know, the repetitive one word hooks being repeated over and over, which is cool. Like it set a bop. Like if we had a party, that shit go off. But outside of that, what is the album giving me? Because with Don, he got party tracks. We can we can run. Um, hold on, let me let me get the track list up. But he got he got a joint on there that I know gonna go off in the club. Like as soon as these motherfuckers open back up, the club gonna be spinning this bitch nonstop. You know what I mean? Like he got the ones that can go off in the club, and he got the ones that can you know if you just vibing, you know you in the whip, you just need some some a soundtrack to ride to. He got that. He got the shit if, you know, your girl over, you trying to set that little vibe. He got that. He got everything that you need. And I think it was appropriately named Heaven or Hell. Like, he literally give you one or the other. You know what I mean? Like, each extreme, he got whatever bag you want. You know what I mean? All right. All right. Chris, you can respond to that. See, I do agree because I do love Don Tolliver's album. I got to give Don Tolliver his props and I got to give him his... uh, his flowers, you feel me? Coming away from the album, like I liked more songs than disliked. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to look at the track list right now. There's 12 of them on here. I say my favorite ones are Cardigan, uh, Can't Feel My Legs for sure. Like that's my top two, Cardigan and Can't Feel My Legs. That's the ones that I've been having on repeat. Cause I got my little my little playlist right now. And it's I, I got I'm not holding you, bro. It's mostly Uzi. But Don Tolliver is cold enough to make it in, in my bracket, my 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 daily. I jam these two on a daily. But I do like Wasted as well. I listen to a lot of Wasted. I like Euphoria, uh, and I like Heaven of Hell. Like, Heaven of Hell to me is like a solid-ass intro, one of the best intros I've heard in the past few uh, years, you know what I'm saying, from a, from a, on a debut, a debut album, a debut project. I've heard, uh, like, Lil Baby's one was hard, you feel me? I feel like this one's setting a new, a new bar, you feel me? But there's a bunch of songs on here that I do feel like are good. But when you look at certain songs on Uzi's album, they may not have, like you said, the most top tier, like Mike Dean kind of production. And I expect that from Don Tolliver being signed to Travis Scott to have Mike Dean on the, on the one, like, you know what I'm saying, on the beat and the production. And not just right. him. There's a bunch of other producers on there that's uh, amazing. Uzi, he's just got his, his main little bag uh, working on dying, like Oogie Main. It's not till you get to like the the love is rage, not love is rage, uh, love versus the world too. Yeah, when you get to that side, that's when you get more of the Pierre's and you get the the splash of all. Cause I think the only person that wasn't uh working on dying was Super Mario on the original EA, but this nigga gave us thirty songs and in the mix of that, and I'm I'm comparing like songs. Like I feel like the strongest ones on the Don Tolliver uh, album is Cardigan, Can't Feel My Legs. Maybe Wasted and Candy. That's like my second string. Like, I do listen to Wasted and Candy every once in a while, but if I'm going first, I'm going to Can't Feel My Legs and Cardigan. So that's four so far. Then I'll give Euphoria and Heaven or Hell. Throw those in the bag. Uh, throw those in the bag, and that's like six to me. Uh, no Photos and No Idea. Uh, spaceship with Shake uh, West. 
company. I saw a lot of people was feeling those on Twitter, but that's not really, I don't want to say it's not my bag, but I feel like those are cool songs, but they're not strong, the strong but bag, like the no, strong No six, idea right? was his lead single. That was the one that, that got all the attention on it. No idea uh, went crazy. I I didn't even know this nigga had that as a main single. Cause see, I'm I'm listening to his other singles, one with uh with Offset, cause that one was on the 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 compilation album, right? What was the Travis Scott compilation called? Jack oh, Boys. Jack Boys, yeah. Yeah, Jack Boys. Like I feel like they teased one of them, and I feel like that one was the one in rotation. I didn't even know he had the other song. Like, but that was my first time really hearing it on the album, and I just didn't. It didn't hit super, super hard for me. Like, I understand the bag is cool, you feel me? But I'm, I'm more talking about, like, no photos. Cause I know a lot of people were just hearing that one for the first time. And speaking on that one, that's not one of my favorite ones either, you feel me? It's, like, solid, but I feel like it's not as strong as Cardigan. Like, Cardigan, I know the words to that bitch by heart. I knew the words to them within, like, the first two days of listening to it. Same thing with, like, Can't Feel My Legs. Them Those songs hit hard. They have, like, a lot of replay value. These other ones I feel like are cool. And it can be argued because... To me, on the Uzi's album, Pop, uh, You Gotta Move, uh, um, some of the some of the Baby Pluto songs from the original EA, those are some of my favorites, but I understand why a lot of fans don't. That's not really their favorite Uzi songs, and those could be considered his throwaway bag songs, right? But, but all I'm saying, because 6 out of 12, that's not bad. Like, I remember Nav dropped a comment saying, bro, if I at least got a couple bangers on the album, then it's, it's a good album. And everybody was like, nah, son, you actually got to have a good album, like a bunch of five songs. He had a great ratio, you feel me, to have like six super bangers and the rest of the songs be cool. Because nothing was trash. Like, nothing was bad. Everything was great, you feel me? But you know what I'm saying? Like, every album got those signature bag songs that everybody's going to go back to and replay a million times and know by heart, you know what I'm saying? And it's going to have a bunch of replay value. It might be, we might be seeing these songs get played until the fucking summer, you feel me? But with Uzi album, I feel like you just got way more. You know what I'm saying? You did get those few that may not uh, resonate with all fans, but at the same time, you get Myron, you get Yesersky with 21 Savage, you get uh, Moon Relate, you get Come This Way and Trap This Way, and that's two separate bags, but those are both hits and they're all right. You got like Money Spread, Get the Guap with Young Thug, Low Main, Baby Pluto, and I'm skipping all the other ones. Like, I'm skipping shit like Leaders with Nav and No Auto with Lil Durk, which are still cool songs. But I'm looking at the, the hit bag. I, I think I feel like I already passed up six. I'm not, I didn't even get to Celebration Station and Bigger Than Life and I'm Sorry, which are standout songs on EA. It's just, this nigga gave you 31 songs. And it wasn't 31 songs a mid. He did have a good ratio as well. See, and and that, that's, that's where you lose me, though. It's like when, when we talk about, like, Uzi is... It is mid. It's just not mid for Uzi. And I don't think that that should be the excuse. Like, because I only look at musically. You know what I mean? Like, I look at what Don Tolliver doing. I feel like if Uzi wasn't, if that wasn't mid, we should never even be able to compare a new artist to what Uzi dropped. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, if, if let's say, just, just hypothetically speaking, if... Don Tolliver wasn't on um, Jack Boys, we would never be able to even compare Heaven or Hell to Astroworld. I think even still, like people might mention shit because the producers are the same and, you know, they're on the same team. But it's like those albums are in two separate atmospheres. Like they're not even you know, like they two players playing in different sports. And I feel like Uzi 
should be in that point where we be like, nigga, this is not even a conversation. Don't even bring Don Tolliver's name up with uh, Travis Scott. And we should be like that with Uzi. We should be like, don't even bring Don Tolliver's name up with Uzi. And I feel like the fact that we can even sit here and have the debate is saying something about Uzi Project. Like he's just musically not like the entire package of it. He's just musically not where he should be at the point in the timeline of his career, in, in my opinion. Like I think we just this? we love him as the social media nigga because Uzi is so entertaining of a nigga just as a nigga. Even if he never dropped music, like nigga, he he make little clips of him on the internet of people fans meeting up with him he'll give us a viral moment like the the fucking um when he walked up to the bus <laughs> with the school kids he's like i don't know I just, yeah <laughs> i only been out here for three days i don't know like that type of shit he's just that kind of nigga he has that going for him but i'm saying musically speaking we should not be able to compare him to any of these new niggas because we wouldn't do that with anybody else all right, and that's dude, what let, I'm saying. I feel let, like let Chris respond. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. And see, this is this is my thing. I feel like they aren't in the same the same caliber. Like they're not not in the same caliber, but they're not in the same. It, it's hard to compare them because Uzi has always been in his own lane since the beginning. Like when I listen to EA uh, and Love Is Ra- uh, Little Uzi versus the World Two, the little deluxe edition, and I listen to that on shuffle with Perfect Love tape and Little Uzi versus the World. I don't see, and not saying. Um, I don't see progression, but I'm saying it all sounds like Uzi. It doesn't sound like he's lacking in any any points that he's always hit on. You feel me? When I when I see Uzi, his new shit, I'm looking at it like a project. I haven't gotten an Uzi album in uh, three years. I want to say two or three, right? So when we get this shit, it's not like because he really hasn't been given a lot of the viral moments, the meme guy moments. The the music's actually resonating. You feel me? And I do understand musically. Uh. I don't want to say talent wise, but you know what I'm saying? As of music, uh, a music critic would, would look at a, a Don Tolliver song and look at the way it's mapped out and look at the way the music is presented. It sounds like something that was actually written. It sounds like something that was actually composed when you look at the instrumental. Whereas you look at Uzi's album and all the beats sound like they were made on FL Studio. All the, the, the songs sound like they were freestyled and chopped and spliced to have hooks and shit like that. But that's what we love about Uzi. When we listen to songs like um, Erase Your Social, that's what to me one of Uzi's more classic bag songs from Perfect Love Tape. That song was clearly you could tell he just freestyled that song and they chopped made a hook out of it, put different parts of the verse and made a bridge. I'm saying, but he wasn't sitting there like, okay, I'm gonna write this bridge, I'm gonna write this fire hook, I'm gonna write this fire verse. He go put two verses. Dude just literally freestyled the whole song. They made two verses, a hook and a bridge out of that. So just to say that Uzi, he's still keeping the same formula, doing that. It would be nice to see him do a more thematic, more Afterworld-esque album where he sits down and he really gets his producers to do like a Tyler Creator type thing where he, he he's more uh, orchestral in the production of his album. And he has like this crazy sound behind it, like there's six producers on one song. It would be crazy. But I look at it like, like how Eminem is one of the best rappers with the bars. Nobody will ever take talent away from Eminem or like uh, other other super lyrical rappers. Nobody go take that from them. You feel me? But at the same time, they could be as advanced in that bag as they are and still not make a song colder than like the whatever NLE Chopper song dropped and blew up because it it sound like the sound resonated with people. It was an innovative sound. It sounded hype, new. 
and Uzi's always been with the the little melodies and the beats. He's never really switched up his bag as far as that. Maybe once or twice, like when he did some shit with Pharrell and he did the shit with Nicki Minaj or the uh the little sample. But a lot of the times, like that's why I keep referencing like New Paddock. Like that literally was just a uh, a death parade anime sample beat where he just looped it and they looped the drums and the drums would stop and the the beat didn't have that much going on but it was still a super hit song and when I look at songs like um like Baby Pluto like Trap This Way the beat is very minimal it's just uh your basic trap production you feel me but it's it's hitting hard but what Uzi does with that canvas I'm not saying he he's doing something exceptionally lyrically or vocally, but he does do something vocally that is only something only Uzi would do. Like when you listen to Uzi, listen to those signature flows, those signature um riffs, voice riffs, and the, the changes in pitch. And when you look at the actual songs, people not just listening to the songs because they fuck with the personality. Cause I look at like Snoop Dogg as a big personality, people love him. But if he were to drop an album today, I don't know how many people would stream it. And there's people like uh, Lil Pump, who people still be looking at him and shit, he gets a lot of views and people, he's a social media guy, but the music's not resonating with people. And I feel like with this, the music, if the music wasn't there, the, the streams wouldn't be there. Off of the initial people go jamming it, going jamming it once and not again, I feel like the numbers is matching the actual people that's actually listening to it. The reason why the numbers going up so hard is because people are really repeating these songs over and over. He did give us a big bag of songs, but they got plenty of replay value. Like when I listen to Money Spread, just the flow he does on that hook, I can listen to that back to back to back to back to back. You feel me? I, yeah. I'm just looking. I understand what you mean. Like as far as musically, he's not doing the same thing as Don. Don Tolliver has like harmonies, and he's like really. I don't want to say evolved musically, but he he's he's probably has a song that when you look at the 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 session for the song, he you, your average listener doesn't know. Cause they're just listening to music, but dude has like a million takes, probably a million different uh, vocal, you know what I'm saying, riffs like stacked on top of each other in different parts. Dude has probably like a 300 uh, take song session in one song. Not saying that's bad, but I'm saying he puts in that time to make that a big thematic orchestral project, and it, it does reflect it. But at the same time, I look at the lyrical miracle rappers like they take millions of years to come up with these crazy rhyme schemes and these patterns and people just not, the music's not resonating. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying Don Tolliver's music isn't resonating because, like I said, he got those six song, hard songs that I feel like are going to resonate with the people. Uh, maybe even After Party because I feel like After Party could resonate with the people as well. That's just not my bag. I feel like that beat would have been better for somebody else. But uh, his vocal style didn't blend well with that beat specifically. Other than that, I give him his six that I say like musically are great but at the same time can be great to just your average listener who's not musically inclined to like know everything that he's doing that's going to listen to an Uzi song and say it's the same quality not knowing the different amounts of uh, effort put into each project you know what i'm saying it's yeah. like, it's okay. like if you listen and and that's that's a that's a average music listener yeah that's a fire point like i really respect that take cuz it is a big plus to Uzi that he can reach the level that he is with just this little chop shop kind of formula where he just I can just grab a beat from this nigga that I know gonna produce the bag that I like and I can just freestyle whatever and still do 375 you know what I mean that part is amazing you know what I mean and I still like I don't want my opinion on the album to kind of be away from what he did accomplish what i'm saying is if he would have 
put in just a minimal effort because I, I really do look at like Love is Rage 2 and I see a, a top tier, especially when we look at the landscape of other music that was being dropped at the time. Love is Rage 2 was top quality. Like you couldn't go anywhere to find music in that bag and it'd be better. I can't say the same about EA. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's niggas who make this melodic trap music that are doing it better. Like, Roddy Rich, he had a better album. I think the the hits are better. The replayability is better. His, his the, the appeal that he has to people, he, he's, he was able to tap into, like, the female crowd. He got all the girls loving him. You know what I mean? Like, cause I I pay attention to all those aspects of the rollout, how you put your videos together. Like, I really just don't feel like the the concept of EA wasn't con- connected with anybody. Like, I don't think anybody's sitting at home thinking like, oh shit, the way Uzi got abducted by aliens on the skits in the album was just mind blowing. You know what I mean? Like that. None of that was appealing. He didn't do, he tried it, but I mean, that wasn't popping more than other niggas that get in that bag. The 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 auto-tune, your hump type flow, niggas is getting creative with that, making new ways to do that. That's better than what he doing. You know what I mean? In, in my opinion, like I just think he's no longer at the top of his bag. We just support it because we support Uzi. That's why I think you remove numbers. And to me, it's like the obvious take that he doesn't have the best album in that bag, especially when niggas like Don come on the scene and has kind of manufactured the bag that he just kind of do effortlessly. Like, cause it's, it's one thing to say like, yeah, I can do this without getting in a studio with a team of writers and all this other shit. But it's like you said, the fan at home, they don't give a fuck about that. Like, they don't even think about that aspect of it. And we can't say that the fact that he just freestyle and put it together so effortlessly mean that we get music at a higher clip. We just waited three years for the project. You know what I mean? So that's not a bonus to fans. Like, I'm looking at how how is he pleasing the people? You know what I mean? Because he's mastered what he does. You know what I mean? And he's appealing to a certain audience and they loving it you know what i mean but i still think he left so much on the table with dropping the album the way he did and i think he knew that because he dropped the deluxe so quick i gotta i definitely gotta agree with you with a lot of points you just made like there's only a couple points that i would argue with what you just said you know what i'm saying but i definitely gotta agree with you on and this my personal opinion is that eternal take and love is rage come looking at it uh, as a package deal, because if I, if we're just talking about Eternal Take, it'll be different than if we got Eternal Take and Love is, uh, not Love is Rage, uh, Uzi Vert versus the World too. Uh, with those, you right, we have been waiting a long time and everything. And if we're talking about Roddy Rich and his album, that's a whole other bag. Because to me, that's one that's like that dropped this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, in the last year. To me, that's the hardest song. I mean, not hardest song, hardest album. Because like that. Front to back album was just gold. So if we compare Roddy Rich, it would be some whole different shit. But um, even then, I can I I feel like Uzi's not even in that kind of bag. He's in that lane, but he's more in the lane of like a Cardi, uh, 
because he considers himself. I remember he made the meme and he was doing a little interview. He's like, I'm, I'm what you call a mumble rapper. He like didn't coin the term mumble rapper, but he definitely accepted it openly and was like, nigga, I'm not even with that, all that other shit. You feel me? And he just proved to be God tier with mumble rap. But I feel like people now, not that the mumble rap, his his same bag is going harder than him. I just feel like more rappers are taking elements from that bag and making better music with it or making different music with it. Because like Roddy Rich, when I listen to his shit, he does melodic rap, but he don't do mumble rap at all. But he has that typical mumble rap beat that just sounds like super, it's going to hit hard like an Uzi song, but he's not going to come on there like Uzi would come on there. Like if we would actually have a Roddy Rich song with like featuring Uzi, Uzi would sauce it up and give you a hard verse, but it would be probably no competition. Like Roddy Rich is like he did that song with Meek Mill. Uh, granted, it was like a Nipsey Hustle tribute, but he just I fast forward through Meek Mill's part on that song. You know what I'm saying? Just to get to Roddy. So yeah. if we arguing that, that's a whole nother. I feel, I feel like he's the one of the. Uh, I look at him highly, like the best of our the new generation. You feel me? But um, I feel like Don Tolliver is in that caliber too. You feel me? But I feel like Uzi's in just, he's in the caliber with the Cardi's and shit like that. And him and Cardi are neck and neck. But the only people like under him were like people like uh, XXX and Juice World, rest in peace, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and just that that kind of rapper. Like, you feel me? Like, they're they in the same bag with the the fu- the Futures and the Young Thugs. And Roddy Rich and Don Tolliver's could be that, but they more, they have way a higher chance of being pop because of just their, their the, the gap between, like you said, the, the type of music it is, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, uh, as far no, as just I, let me ask, I, I know what you ask y'all some. One. Let me ask y'all some questions, just to before we before we get to y'all's final thoughts and everything, and then I'll give my takes. But I want to ask y'all some questions just to for both sides. So Doom, I want to start off with you and ask you about the point that Chris makes. I think it's it's a solid point in the sense that Uzi has given quantity. The quality is consistent to an extent, to what he has given us always. And we have songs like Myron, Trap This Way, Baby Pluto, Bust Me, Venetian, uh, Celebration Station. We have these songs that are replay all day. And I can say that myself. I've just been playing that nonstop. Do you feel that Don Tolliver, his album as a whole may be better in your opinion, but do you feel he has the hits that can compete with Eternal Take? Yes and no. And I know that sounds like a fucked up answer, but I, let me let me let me explain that. So I feel like yes, in the sense to where when I listen to both albums, I think sonically, just the way the music is put together, Don Tolliver wins. If even if we go track by track, bag for bag, like I think there's not too many tracks on EA I would choose over Heaven or Hell tracks. But I'll say no, just because, like Crystal was saying, I don't think Don Tyler is that of an artist yet where he has that fan loyalty yet. Because it's the first project, like, nigga's not really gonna just jam it no matter what. You know what I mean? I think he's with three projects. Like, once, once Don Tyler gets to album number four, I think we looking at him in a completely different stratosphere than we look at and i know that's hard to say because uzi on top of the world like don't get me twisted i am acknowledging that he's like on top of the world after this drop you know what i mean but i really do believe that musically by the time we reach album four for don Tolliver, the fan base will be so much larger and so much more loyal 
if he keep playing his cards right, because right now he got the best team behind him as far as producers, writers, co-signs with Travis Scott. You know what I mean? Like, Uzi's still having trouble with niggas who's not relevant. You know what I mean? Like, to me, if you're having trouble with Don Cannon and shit, like, he's not at the top of the music game. We looking at Travis Scott, he at the top. Everything he touched is gold. He even got niggas listening to fucking, um, what's his name? Dude that made fucking, um, Sheck West. Mobamba. He even got niggas listening to Sheck West. And Sheck West is not anything special of an artist. I mean, he's not super trash, but he he definitely not. Now nah, we can somebody. call a spade a spade. Check West yeah, doesn't bro. deserve to be in this conversation. Yeah, yeah no, like he he not a nigga. We gonna rush to listen to his project, but he got niggas with their eyes on him. Like I think, at least for me, those things all play a part in when I look at the album releases. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at not only at what he accomplished at album number one. I'm looking at ceiling and can he hit the ceiling? Cause when we when I looked at Lil Uzi versus the world, the first one, you know what I mean? I'm like, yo, this nigga is great. Like if he keep improving at this clip, we talking about, you know, a top tier artist in a few projects. You know what I mean? And I think with EA, he just took a step back. You know what I mean? Like he didn't cause to me, like you can keep him in the box with the Cardis and those type of rappers and only compare him to those kind of niggas. But the way I look at it, it's like, yo, you got to compare him to the niggas that's at the top of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fair. If, if you if you're talking about potential and I, I think that Uzi potential is super high. He just know that he can sell three, three seventy five. Freestyling to these little wait, Crystal. SLB. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question because it's similar. It's similar to what he's saying, and and I wanna, I wanna, because this is something that I need you to answer before we get to y'all's final thoughts, and you can respond to him in this question as well because I think it'll it'll cover both sides. My thing with this is, Chris, I wanna ask you with Eternal to take and Unlove versus the World Two, Lucy versus the World Two. They are undeniable because I agree with you in this, Myron. Trap This Way, Baby Pluto, they're songs that are undeniably good to great songs. My question is, does the fact that there's so many misses, does that deflect or detract at all when you look at the total album? Because I can say, and I can agree with you to this point, that Lil Uzi may have the better songs individually. But if you look at the package, how can you defend the package as a whole with so many misses? Let's see. This is I got I got to get uh, both of y'all with this one. Like with, with the um, as far as the the misses, right, it does have su- certain bags that certain people could call misses. Because like me and I, I could I guess I consider myself to be an Uzi stand. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm going to love whatever bag he gives regardless. But that's because what if he give us the baby Pluto bag? I know that bag. Like he just dropped that song. Uh. Pikachu, Bubba Star, Charmander, I'm Mickey Lima, I ain't sipping no fan of like the shit he did with 10K. Uh, it was on that little that beat that was the hit the woe beat. So when he dropped that, I'm like, oh, he's back in that bag. And then he actually surpassed his old bag in this with this album. Like he took that bag and mastered it. But those are a lot of people's least favorite songs. So I do consider those, I want to say maybe four or five songs to be misses, right? Like Homecoming, Pop. Uh, because th- like to me, that's not a miss. But I can understand how certain people would look at it as a miss, so we can throw that in the in the bag. But I don't see two other many misses on the album as far as uh, 
adding both of them in there. They got some that are going to resonate with everybody, but then they got some that can resonate with everybody. You feel me? Like, that's how I look at it. Because they got certain people that's going to be like, this is my favorite song. And certain people that's going to be like, that shit is trash. This is the best song. And some people will be like, that's not my favorite song. You know what I'm saying? Because he gave you that many songs where you can kind of pick and choose. It's not like Amigos culture too, where he just gave you a clusterfuck of songs. And there's only a couple good songs in there. And the rest of it is like, y'all just gave us Buku filler. It's definitely, and this is where I got to agree with Doom. This is why I kind of, I'm a curve and kind of uh, answer that. Like, as far as Uzi goes, like he, the, the the turn, you feel me? That he, I feel like he has potential and he has capability to be like a Roddy Rich. I, I understand what you're saying. At at album like four or five, whatever we are right now, he should be at that status. He should be dropping his Astro World. He should be dropping his album that, that can compete with like a Roddy Rich album. You feel me? Just because he's four, he's four years in the game. You feel me? And I also, I will always say he freestyled the fuck out of everything. Like, this whole album sounds like he winged it the whole time. I doubt that he wrote, the, the only thing I could think that he may have written was like, I'm sorry, but the way he sings it, I could tell he freestyled that shit. You know what I'm saying? If he would give us a little bit more effort, I'm not gonna lie, I would be a lot more pleased as a fan. I feel like I would have okay. been got, uh, would have gotten a lot more. And I will say this, because it put me, it put it into uh, perspective a little bit more for me when you talk about, uh, Love is Rage 2, because Love is Rage 2, at that point, he had given us uh, Love is Rage 1, Lucy versus the World, and the Perfect Love tape, and the project with Gucci Mane, and then he gave us, like, Love is Rage 1.5 or whatever, and those are all classic, classic signature Uzi bags. But with Love is Rage 2, he gave you that in abundance, but at the same time, he did have those songs on there, like um, Dark Queen, like uh, Neon Guts with... Um, Pharrell, like the song with Nicki, like that he he literally you could tell he put more effort into it than he would usually put into a song, and it was top tier. And in in this album, did not live up to that aspect of because like he he's not like he didn't put effort into it. Not saying that in a bad way, he just like he freestyle sauce everything on this whole album. There's not too many moments where I'm sitting there like he really, except for maybe the one with Sid, but that's not his peak on the album to me. You know what I'm saying? He tried on that one, but that was a try and a miss. But to me. I do want more of that, but at the same time, he gave us more. Like I look at songs like Sub Zero that landed on no project. That was just a random throwaway, throwaway song from Uzi, and that is an iconic song. I remember whenever uh, she loves Michi and uh, Ray Schremer, they did that dance video to it in the middle of like the the city in New York or whatever, wherever they were. But uh, it's like those little gems be more important to me than anything because like they be harder than like a lot of shit. Like they don't, they may not necessarily be as musically on the same tier as uh even like a, a early 20s rager you feel me because that song was like a mumble rap song it was kind of like a, a effortless kind of song but the way it was um not saying mixed but the way it was put together and just orchestrated it sounded like more than just him going in there and freestyle sauce on the whole song and right. I'm, I'm not gonna lie i do hope he does get in that bag eventually and i feel like there's still room for that and he 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 still has a lot of more snippets he didn't drop and i know he still got more record in him i know he's he said he's gonna turn this into 2016 and drop a million projects. But for what he gave us, I just look at it as like a not saying I'm I'm happy for what I got, even though it wasn't Love is Rage, because I really love this project. Like I really love a lot of these songs. I just look at it in a different breath. Cause I remember I used to listen to songs from Uzi and some of my favorite bags were some of the most slept on bags. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like he gave us he he gave us everything we needed with this one. But at the same time, he's not giving us his his best foot forward as far as he could do a lot better if he really just buckled in and tried i don't know i really 
to be honest with you, don't know what's stopping him. I think he's just still got that cocky ego. I'm a rock star. Uh, you can tell with a lot of his bars. They're super arrogant. They're super cocky. They're super, I don't give a fuck. He's, he's still on that rock star shit he's always been on. Let but me cut I, you off real quick, Chris, just real quick to pose a question, just because I, I love where you're going with this. Does that detract from the album? The fact that we can't tell progression. We see, we like the bag he's in, but it's not anything that we haven't seen before, and we know he has it in him to give us something more. Right, do, we, nah. do we detract from the album because of that? This is how I look at it, right? I could understand how it would to some people, because I do understand the expectations. I didn't really understand the expectation thing before. I'm like, he's giving you Uzi. But at the same time, I'm looking at it like, okay, Lil Wayne. And don't get the comparisons. I know Uzi's not Wayne, but Wayne dropped Carter 1, uh, dropped Carter 2, Carter 3. I remember whenever he dropped the Carter 1, it had the On the Block skits, right? It was just, like, Carter 1 was a classic album to me, 100%. He dropped Carter 2. To me, that was a classic album as well. But then everybody was like, oh, man, the Carter 1 go harder. And everybody was like, no, nah, fuck that. The Carter 2 go harder. Then the 3 drop, and in unison, the world was like, ah, oh, it's the hardest album of all time. And then there was them, them few people that came out were like, ah, it's not harder than Carter 2, though. You feel me? And then yeah. when Carter 4 dropped, it was in unison that like, oh, this nigga fell off because it was not on tier with 1, 2, or 3. But that's we comparing Wayne to Wayne. You know what I'm saying? He, he wasn't outdoing himself on the Carter 4. But the Carter 4 still did have a bunch of gems on it. Like, Blunt Blowing was a hard song, especially for a Wayne fan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, facts. He just didn't he didn't deliver on the same scale he had been delivering on. And though I feel like Uzi didn't deliver as much as he could have with this album, I don't feel like it's that big of a drop. I don't feel like it's his Carter 4 to his Carter 3. Like I feel like Love is Rage 2 was his Carter 3 or his Carter 2 and his EA with the Carter 3. Because to me, the Carter 3 didn't go as hard as the Carter 2. It just was him in his prime. All the Carter 3 leaks went harder yeah. than the yeah. Carter uh, 3. Because, like, the I'm Me and the Scarface, like, that was iconic. When you actually got the, the uh, Carter 3, a bunch of great songs. Like, I'm not going to lie. He gave you a, a solid Wayne bag with that one. But there was a bunch of what the fuck on there, too. Like, like there was a bunch of kind of odd, questionable choices. But I still loved all four Carters. Even the fourth one, yeah. son. Like, with the skit, the little skits he had with, like, under 3,000, that was, like, little gems. He had songs on there that wasn't as great. Like, I remember when he dropped, uh, what was it called? I'm Not a Human Being. That was his throwaway sauce bag. Like yeah. that, you could clearly tell that was his throwaway sauce bag. But he still gave you like pussy ass nigga on one chicaneria and like single. He gave you a bunch of well, no single was uh, no ceilings, but he gave you a bunch of little solid bag. And to me, this is just Uzi. Like he he made his way forever. He gave us a solid bag. Yes, he probably should have gave us his. Everybody was expecting this to be his Astroworld, and I kind of was as well. But I could tell from the snippets it wasn't gonna be nothing crazy spectacular like that. But I did want them snippets super bad, and just the fact that he did give us a bunch of them. I, I was excited because those are songs like the first album was more random because he he literally wanted that to be his project and he he knew he was gonna give us the second bag afterwards. He was like, they're gonna eat that shit up regardless. But he's like, I wanna give him this to really give him what I wanna give him, and then I'm gonna let them decide what's the next album. Cause he was really on Twitter that whole week, like what y'all want of the album. And he literally let the fans pick it, fans titled Myron, you feel me? Like he he gave that one to us for us, you feel me? So a lot of yeah. people, I did hear, like, in unison, people were saying the second half of EA was better than the first. And I think that mostly stems from the misses that were on the first. Like, uh, popping, people was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I heard a lot of people was like, what the fuck? Especially because he put it right at the beginning. So you starting off, you expecting the album about to be cold and had the roughest start ever. Especially after you start, but that that's the thing. Especially after you start after Baby Pluto, I'm like, all right, I'm digging this. I like Baby but Pluto. See, and then you... 
get to so that other ratio stuff. was still there though. Like you get them couple off bags, but then after that, once he back on the tracks, he don't get off the tracks. Like bigger than life celebration station is like in a row with, with I'm sorry. Like all three of them songs are in a row. And that's like a crazy run to make. Those I feel like it makes up for the pop. Those were the standouts to me. And see, that was the standouts from the first half. But when you get to the second half, whenever he dropped it the second week, that's when I feel like you get the rest of that bag you wanted. Like with that trap this way, Track yeah. this way is the most like crazy lyrical vocal, but the the way he it it's reminds me, yeah it reminds me of uh, EXO Tour Life because of the way he 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 dropped it because EXO Tour Life was clearly one of those songs where it had a concept to it, but he did freestyle that song front to back, and then they they cut and made what they would with the you know what I'm saying with the verses and the hooks they they turned that into a song and they turned that into a hit. Whoever his engineers are. Them niggas is the real, the goats that's behind Uzi. Because whenever they really get in their bag, it's whenever you see some crazy shit. Because I yeah. doubt, when I be looking at Uzi, the way his song be put together, I be like, man, this nigga, you could tell he just like, Moon Relate, even though it's one of the coolest songs to me, that shit is top so weird. Like, it'll he'll be in the middle of saying something, and then another fucking part will come in. It's like, you can tell somebody just on FL or uh, Pro Tools, whatever they're on, and they're just moving takes around. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're like, that, puzzle yeah, that's for sure. A song. See, but, uh, my thing is, and I, I want to get your opinion on this, not to cut you off. I just want to get your opinion. Like, the thing you said about Wayne comparing the Carters, that was a real interesting kind of take on it. I think we watched his rise, his rise spanned years, if not a decade, you know what I mean? Over a decade. And it wasn't until late in his career where he started to have those moments where you like, Ah, uh, is he still Wayne? Is he still adapting to the game? I just think for Uzi, for him to have his I'm not a human being so early, it takes away to me his ability to like adapt to a temperature of the game. Cause I think he's capable of making Roddy level shit. He's capable of making Don Tolliver level shit. He's just not like the effort is not there. It's like he's not is, trying gotta, to team up sir, with the producers. All right, Chris, you, gotta, you, Chris, you, make him, you respond to him to care. You know what I'm saying? Because right now, he, I feel like he's just in his own world to where he don't give it a fuck. He just be dropping shit. But I feel like we do need to get him in that bag, but it won't happen until his back's against the wall. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Okay. Now, let me get y'all's final thoughts, and then I'm going to give my final thoughts about what you guys said. And then we'll tell the people, you know, they can vote on our poll we post tomorrow. But I'll start with Chrissa because Doom just posed the question. I'm gonna get your final thoughts, Chrissa, and then we'll get Dooms, and then I'll and then I'll give my final thoughts on all this. Uh, well, my final thoughts on like the Don Tyler album. Cause I really want to give him his props. Like, great. It was like an amazing album. As far as debut albums, that's one of the hardest debut albums I heard in a long time. There's a lot of people who um, you got to give them a couple albums before they get this good. This guy really just dropped his first album, and it's like it's it's. One of the best of it's like one of the best albums of this quarter of the year. You feel me? If not top three, you feel me? Because the baby just not the baby, little baby just dropped his album, and when that dropped, I was like, ah, this is spectacular. But right after that, you get the new Uzi, you get the new Don Tolliver, and I'm listening to Rich the Kids album. I'm listening to Blue Faces album. None of these motherfuckers are even in the same Trash. tier. You know what I'm saying so. I, I will yeah. say that Don Tolliver, Man. like this nigga. He's a big boy in the game right now. And, like, to say he's so fresh in the game, like, his, what, his second year, I think he's on track to be, like, whenever we get to Don Tyler album four, maybe even album two or three, I feel like this will look more like an EP. And the next one, I feel like he, whenever we get Don Tyler's version of Astroworld, not saying that just because he signed to Travis Scott, but just because of the, when you see him make his big, because this is him just getting 
his, his mark. You know yeah, I mean? this when is he his, his real album. He don't even have yeah. to me before this. So like, I, I feel like we are gonna see him really progress because he's the type of artist that he has to progress. You know what I'm saying? He's not the one that's gonna stay stagnant. You feel me? Like Gunna, Gunna's been doing a but not not to shit on Gunna. I love Gunna. His new single is amazing. That um, folks it called Skywell or something. Sky something. But he doesn't really. You're not gonna see Gunna progress too much. You're just gonna see Gunna do what he do. And he gonna he gonna, he gonna catch him a hit every once in a while because his just his lottery version of making songs it works for him. He just he he hit every once in a while. But uh, Don Tolliver is the type of artist that when his songs hit, they hit because he strategically made them to hit. He's not catching flukes. He's not recording 500 songs in a week and then keeping the best 10. You know what I'm saying? He's like literally taking time to make sure he drops 12 super solid songs. I'm looking forward to him in the future. And with Uzi as well. I do hope we get some some crazier bag from Uzi soon. But if he drops another, like if he drops a fucking perfect love tape two and it sounds like this bag and he got some more some more snippets that we want and some more like throwaways, I'm with it. Cause like I said, throwaway Uzi sauce is is prime, prime rib <laughs> as far as my music palette. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I was waiting for the 21 album to drop as well. And that's gonna hit a certain different way when that drops. But until then, I think the the weekend's album drops this this week, like yeah. in a couple of days. But other than that, I'm going to be jamming the weekend album, but I'm still going to be coming back to this Uzi album. And I'm, eventually, I'm going to wear out the Don Tolliver album. I, I don't think it's anytime soon because I'm still, his songs are still in my rotation. But when I do, I imagine I'm still going to, I'm being a different bag on EA just because there's so much shit. Like right now, I'm on the EA bag that's not even Uzi, or I was, like the the whole Yesersky with 21 Savage. Because I really wasn't fucking with that song at first because I'm like, man, damn it, Uzi. You only gave us a little bit of Uzi. I wanted like a big Uzi song with a 21 verse. You gave us a 21 Savage song featuring Uzi. But now that I listen to it, that's low-key one of the hardest songs on the album. That's like a super, super cold beat, super cold feature. He had a he had a solid verse on it, you know what I'm saying? I didn't really like Strawberry Peels. But other than that, the rest of the album, front to back, even though Auto grew on me. Like, I'm loving it. Money spread. I can't listen to that everywhere because of the shit this nigga be saying. He's super wild. Talk about fucking bitches and fucking... She said, Uzi, can you eat me out? I said, no, I could beat it out. I'm like, man, I can listen. I be, I was listening to that shit in Walmart while I was uh Corona shopping, you know what I'm saying? Ducking the Corona. Customers were like, what are you listening to? I was like, hey, I'm doing me. Tell your kids, put their hands over their ears. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have Uzi in the top trip. But uh, literally, that's my theme music for walking around, bro. Like, when I'm when I'm listening to Money, like, if I'm not listening to Money Spread in the two, three-hour period, I'm going to start scratching my neck like a junkie, son. That's why I got to give Uzi his props, because the music, no, even though it's not that same bag, that shit is resonating, bro. That's that's all I gotta say about like my final thoughts of like giving them my the, the, my constructive criticism, saying the ones I don't like. Cause even even shit like pop and you better move, like you better move is probably one of my favorite songs of the original EA. I, I don't really like shit like uh, urgency either. Urgency and P two. I saw people with love and P two on the album. I was like, why? That nigga already gave you EXO to a life. Stop. Yeah, facts. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, it was a cold song. It was a cold song. But that's the only ones that I kind of, I could have did without. The rest of that shit, like prices, fucking, I've been still on that way. I forgot the nigga dropped the Backstreet Boys cover right before the album dropped. I forgot it was on the album. But when I listened to it, it still be hitting. Like when it come on on shuffle, I don't skip it. So I gotta, I gotta give this prize with that one. So, but both of those guys, shout out to them. Uh, I expect to check in the mail because I have been streaming y'all shit more than I've been streaming my shit. So I know I'm giving y'all like at least a good couple hundred shows. You feel me? <laughs> Doom, let's get your final thoughts on everything. So, I know I'm gonna make people mad with this one, but Uzi, Uzi, get a six out of ten for me with EA. I'm just not all the way disappointed because he did give me a couple tracks. I really like. I'm sorry, like that was like a 
that's one that I go back to the album for. You know what I mean? That's one that when I first heard it, I had to run it back from the top. Like he, I'm not going to say he didn't deliver at all. You know what I mean? That's definitely not what I'm saying. He delivered, but six out of 10, just because one, you can hear the lack of effort. And two, I just think there was a lot of skippables, like a lot of just subpar what I think somebody on Uzi level should be dropping. You know what I mean? And then you look at somebody like Don Tolliver, he dropped, and I give him a strong eight and a half. Like, that was literally, like, there's not too many complaint points with that album. Like, I feel like it was well-rounded. It was well put together. Whoever is on his team helping them kind of, like, curate the track list, it flowed smooth. Everything about it was just a nice, complete album. You know what I mean? And I think the level of music that he dropped on his first project really says a lot about where he's going. You know what I mean? So eight and a half for Don Tolliver and six out of 10 for EA. So my thing is, I, I love listening to both of y'all points. And I think coming into it, y'all Doom was like, I want, I don't want you to be biased. And coming into it, because I had spent a lot of time around Krissa and us talking, listening to EA, I had liked EA, the the initial, I liked it. But like on the pod, I said they had a lot of skippables. But then when Love vs. The World 2 drop, I was like, whoa. All right, now I'm getting the bag of Uzi that I like. But Doom made a lot of compelling points because just because there's a lot of good songs, there are still a lot of skippables. But like Chris said, the highs are really, really high. And so my thing is, do I down Uzi because the lows are super low? Or do I give it up for Don because the consistency throughout, it's at the, I'm getting a consistent level of maybe not super highs like Uzi, but I'm not getting super lows. I'm, and I'm not going to say I'm getting mids. I'm going to say I'm getting above averages because Don's album's great. I think the way I go with this is Eternal to Take may have more of my favorites or the, the, the deluxe, Lovers, The World 2 and everything may have more of my favorite songs. But in terms of a better album completion wise, I may have to go with Don Tolliver. So I'm I'm I like some of the Uzi songs more, but in terms of a whole project, front to back, creation in it, and I like Doom's point about effort, because it is true. In Don's shit, you can hear the effort. In Uzi shit, I don't know how like look, I'm not gonna hit on him. I'm not I'm not mad at it because I get down to it. That trap this way is my shit. I've listened to that song. Like Chris said, I've been giving this nigga money because I have streamed the fuck out of this. My girl is like, can you stop playing Lil Uzi? And it's like, those highs are so high, but the lows are really low. So that's where I fall on it. I think Lil Uzi Vert has the better songs, but I, I, I must say Don Tolliver has the better album. I like this debate, man. Next time you two get, an, uh, get another debate going or if any of us get one, we could bring this back because I like this little, this little segment we got on the pod before we get to stuff going on in the media and, and all these other people i want to just jump to the 90s r&b bracket real quick we're gonna we're gonna because there's a bracket going around of the group the best male r&b groups and we wanted to give our, our take on it so let me give you the left side so the left side is boys to men versus new edition round run mint condition versus high five round one silk versus h-town black street versus guy I'm going to start this off, look, and we're going to go from the top, and I'm going I'm to say the one we're going, we're going Boys to Men New Edition first. Look, man, Boys to Men is great. All them songs are fire. But I was listening through this to get ready for this, and Boys to Men to me, 
got a lot of sad songs. Even when they happy trying to make love, that shit still sounds sad. And New Edition gave me Bobby Brown doing all the craziest shit, gave me some of them hits. I got to go New Edition over Boys to Men. And I know that's crazy, but them songs are just happier. And like I, I and, and they got their sad songs. But Boys to Men just got so many sad songs, man. Doom, where you going first round? Man, I'm I'm gonna say this. Let's cut the bullshit and say it how it is. Boys to Men was super commercial. Their music Facts. was soft and polished and all this shit. Great group, legendary group. Great, groups. yeah, facts. But fuck that. You gotta go new edition to me. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, like Boys to Men is the shit that you listen to when you're around your mom, you want to keep it safe. They A make you know, the generic little love songs. Like, <laughs> nigga, we want to hear the shits. I want to hear niggas talk about fucking, talk about getting bitches. Give me new edition, man. That's I'm where I'm going. New edition. I'm, I'm with you. Chris, are you are you going opposite with us? Man, I was going to say boys to men. And then y'all niggas, y'all niggas pulled up with the new edition. I was like, okay, I feel y'all. I feel y'all, man. But New Edition was my bag. I, I guess it's because I listened to them when I was younger. That was the bag you listen to around your moms and shit. I think I got my first Boys to Men CD from like my godmothers and shit like that. But th- that was my bag when I was younger. Boys to Men was my niggas. You know what I'm saying? But I go lie. New Edition, they did keep it raw. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you, I mean, look, if you going with Boys to Men, go with Boys to Men. I hate. It. I, I'm gonna go with Boys to Men. You know what I'm saying? Just because right. that's my that's my bag growing up. You feel me? I, I feel you. The next one, I'm going. I'm going Men Condition over High Five because like. High five don't have no bang, no no bangers like pretty brown eyes. I don't like, know who the fuck high who the fuck is high five. <laughs> high what five don't have no bangers. That gotta be a one hit wonder. What's they one hit, son? Because I don't know who the fuck that is. Why are they even relevant? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. I'm definitely going mint condition for the same reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm going make. Oh, high five got uh, the kissing game. Uh, Ooh, uh, shit. That's, a, that's a hard Hold song, on, bro. And they made oh. that. I like. Yeah, I like the way. <laughs> yeah, I like. She yeah, playing bro. with the kissing game. Yeah, no, that's yeah, I That's a banger. That's a fucking banger, my nigga. You make me playing the kissing game. Yeah, that's that song. But, they but have I have marketing. But look, mid condition got you're breaking my heart. Yo, that's my that's my sh- I'm going mid condition, even though that high five song is hard. Yeah, we gotta go mid condition. I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing. We two for two. All right, Chris, are you mid condition as well? Or are you going high five with the kissing game? I'm going high five with the kissing game, son. <laughs> I can't pay even it is, but that hey, they had they had the other song too that like said them niggas was making hits. <laughs> Some hits. I, I, did, I never could that's one of the ones I could never put a name to the fucking face kind of thing. Like I couldn't put a name to the song, but that hey, them songs were undeniably hard. Them old niggas got them hits, bro, because High Five might be the oldest group that we got on this list. All right, next up, we got Silk versus H-Town. And for those who don't know who H-Town is, H-Town made the uh, knocking boots, uh, emotion, like, uh, hold on, let me play, play a little bit of the, the H-Town. I'm gonna, the, yeah, it, making good love, knocking oh, boots. man, that's, that's a banger. That's tough, man. That's Yo, Silk got the fucking... Meeting in the bedroom? No, no, so- no. Let me let me tell you why niggas gotta go. And, and I ain't gonna hate if niggas go H Town, but I look at these R&B niggas. It's like, yo, when you got that girl to your crib and you trying to take it to the, let her know what kind of energy you on. You know what I mean? You need the R&B nigga to drive the point home for you. Facts. These so- niggas silk as yeah. soon as you press play on these motherfuckers. 
these <laughs> niggas hopped on the mic talking about freak me, baby. <laughs> I'm rolling with these niggas, bro. Give me these niggas. Silk is the eight. They win the bracket. I'm I need that. <laughs> no, I'm with you with that shit. Cause wait, the other thing. The meeting in my there's a meeting in my bedroom, bedroom, bedroom. Nah, them niggas got like when Top I put that shit on. Harmonies, my girl know we meeting in the bedroom tonight. That is the fact. Them <laughs> niggas was not playing no games. They was getting to the shits. Dude. They was driving the point home, bro. Yo, that shit, dude. Say, freak me, baby. As soon as you press play, the beat ain't even come on yet. It's just a nigga acapella. Freak me, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with silk. Straight to it, bro. I'm going go with silk. Oh, yeah, I'm going full on silk, bro. For sure, next, for sure. Look, the next one is hard, but like I'm not even I'm not even cut clowning because Charlie Wilson remade all the guy songs damn near. I'm going with Black Street over Guy, bro. Black Street got them hits with Teddy Riley. Black Street got that one song that, bro, that's my fucking shit. Hold on, let me pull up Black Street. Wow, Blackstreet got uh, Blackstreet got the fucking no diggity. They dig- got no diggity. But then yeah, they bro. got the "Don't Leave Me." That yeah. "Don't Leave Me" song is crazy. Yeah, bro. Uh, nah, that's my shit. Oh man, yeah, I'm going Blackstreet. I'm going Blackstreet over guy. Yeah, Blackstreet is the boys, bro. That's another one I grew up on because my godmother son. Blackstreet is them fucking boys, bro. Too much hits. All right, so. I got boys to I mean I got new edition versus mint condition. Doom got new edition versus mint condition. Chris got boys to men versus high five. I got silk versus black street. Doom got silk versus black street. Chris got silk versus black street. And that's the second round. We're gonna go over to the right side. All right. First one. I wish they wouldn't have put Tony Tony Tone against Jodeci, because I would have put Tony Tony Tone against some of these other niggas. But because you're going against Jodeci. That, that that's our look, bro. Jodeci is R and B. Like I'm not going even. Yeah. There's no there's no need to beat around the bush. I, I I understand. Tony 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 made uh this show anniversary. They make uh family reunion type music, and I'm not playing none of that shit in the bed. Jodeci, oh yeah. nigga, you is clown. You gotta go. You gotta go, Jodeci. This whole right side of the bracket is one sided. Just looking at it. Ooh, yeah, you you. I, I feel like we are gonna have a, a debate come to the end, but. Right as of now, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this. I'm going Jodeci, Doom going Jodeci. Chris, who you going with? Man, I I want to go with Tony 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 so bad just because they made that song that whatever you want, like that song, bro. That one that one get the bitches Sunday that get them it make them feel some kind of way. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But yeah, that true. that song hit. But other than that, when you talk jagged edge, the 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 scale tip over. You know what I'm saying? Like. When you think of R and B groups, you think Jagged Edge, Edge first. Oh, you talking about Jodeci? That's what I'm gonna say, uh, Jodeci. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. with you. Fuck, I was looking at the, uh, That's what I'm saying. If Tony Tony Tone was against somebody else, that, that, you know what I'm saying? If you if you put Tony Tony Tone against someone else with that, it never rains in Southern California, and then that whatever you want, they could pass on. But because yeah. they Jodeci. It's just a bad first match. It's like playing Duke versus like one of them, one of them, them un- Yeah, that's a fact. So yeah. <laughs> that's a fact. Jodeci yeah. is Kentucky. They, and they, they literally like Chris made a good point. I think if you ask any random real nigga, just be like, "Hey, name me one '90s R&B group." Nine out of ten niggas gonna say Jodeci. I really think. I really believe that. Nine I, out of ten niggas. I, gonna I say think Jodeci. it's between Jodeci and, and Boys to Men in New Edition. That's the three you gonna get. Yep. So this, so. this how you this how you know Jodeci is the boys, huh? How many times Drake sampled Tony, Tony, Tony? No. Huh. Jodeci. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Game. A lot, a lot. Game over. And not just Drake. <laughs> like, 
every like Jodeci is like that forever, my lady. Come and talk to up uh, free. Oh no, nah, bro. Jodeci got them hits. Got too many bangers. And like, and the thing is, people don't even be talking about Jodeci's B cuts, but them B cuts on them albums, like the Forever My Lady album with the B cuts. Oh my goodness, Jodeci is, is freaking amazing. All right, let's get to Puff's group 112 with Slim or After Seven. Now, I'm gonna be honest with y'all, I did not know who After Seven was before I was re researching this. I was like, who the hell is these niggas? But they made uh, Ready or Not, they made Running Out, Ready or Not, this, this, uh, Ready or not, let's go to the room. They made that not. Nah, I'm going with 112, man. This is this that's, that's a banger. We gotta go 112. Peaches and cream alone wins. Yeah, <laughs> like, peaches and yeah, cream is amazing. Yeah, I'm going 112 as well. So that was that was simple. The next one, I don't even know how this is a thing. Cause like only one person could sing in this. Bell Biv DeVoe versus Drew Hill. And I I get look, I love I know we love poison. I get that. But what else did Bell Biv the vote made? Drew Hill gave us Cisco. <laughs> like, like, I'm going Drew Hill. Go. Like Drew Hill gave us Cisco, which thus gives us Thong Song. Um, I'm look, I gotta go with Drew Hill. Crystal, who you you rocking Drew Hill or Bell Biv the Oh, Yeah, of course. Of course Drew Hill. I don't I don't even know what the fuck Bell Bell I didn't even know they made poison. I thought oh, that yeah, was somebody no. else. <laughs> That's all they made was poison. That is it. That's the only banger. Anything else, niggas just, just lying if they say they know another Bell Bill DeVoe song. Like, facts. All right, the final one we got, this is the controversial one for me. Jagged Edge versus Next. And I know niggas going to be like, oh, Jagged Edge. Bro, I don't, I don't like Jagged Edge, bro, if I'm being honest. I'm going Next. Next got the song that's straight up the uh the too close joint, whereas them niggas just talking about, <laughs> it, about how they got a hard on. That's all. This, son, this, they went for that song, son. They went for that song alone. <laughs> Them niggas said, I wonder if she, they start the song off, I wonder if she know I'm home right now. Like, yo! Yo! I'm going to say this. Y'all niggas is bugging. Jagged Edge got to win, bro. You Jesus. Bro, you pitch, Jagged you Edge, one of the, the biggest, they the most underrated niggas, bro. Jagged underrated R&B. I, I really do fuck with it. I'm kind of, I feel hypocritical because I want to go with next. For the opposite reason, I was going with Jodeci because Jodeci got hits on hits on hits. To me, Jack Dan's got hits on hits on hits, but next got them fucking. What a party at, nigga, with Nelly? Let's get married. I gotta be. Come on, man. I know y'all remember I gotta be. That That's like slept on hits. Like, let me let me play a little bit. Just the beat, nigga. Just the beat. Y'all gonna remember. <laughs> Come on, man! Y'all telling me that's not a banger? No, that look, is a banger. Jagged Edge was niggas, man. When we talk about boys and men being kind of elementary, Jagged Edge just singing uh, "When You Meet Me at the Altar in Your White Dress," like bro. Next they was catering to the women. They was catering to women to be like the women gonna play that on Sunday. Like, next is for, for niggas oh, like even we're grinding. I guess like, so that, that was a hit. I can't even hold y'all. That was a hit. That's it, that's it, a necessary it, song for the for the niggas, bro. And then that next making them songs that made the girls like feel like, man, I, I feel special after listening to this. Next was making them songs like we about to fuck and it is what it is. Bitch, my thing is hard. It's on go. Let's go. Let's get it popping. Next wifey joint. Like I know y'all remember wifey. My wifey. So that was a hit. 
They play that bitch every day. That's my wifey. Nah, that's my shit, bro. I'm I'm rocking next, man. That's too strong song, but that's jagged ass do got a lot more, but that's bro, that's too strong. If the, if the R&B game didn't have I, two songs, I, hey, I'm not against rolling next. That y'all y'all made y'all made y'all case. I'm not against going next. That they got some bangers. I'm yeah, I'm rocking. I'm rocking next, man. So we got so everybody going next on this one. All right, let's go to the other side. So we got Jodeci versus One Twelve in the second round. Drew Hill versus Next. All right, so now we in the 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 back to the second round on the left side. Boys to Men versus I mean no new edition. Well, Chris got Boys to Men. New edition for me versus mint condition. That's the same thing with uh Doom. Doom, I'm going new edition, man. There's no point like us like mint condition only got yeah. one. Like yeah. Yeah. so the yeah, question you gotta go new edition. The question is for Chris. Who do you put boys to men or high five? Does the kissing game beat out into the road? <laughs> boys to men, man. They're making it pass, son. They, the kissing game was hard, but it's boys to men, bro. I gotta I gotta keep going with my boys. 100 percent okay so now we all in agreement right now chris has got boys and men going into the final uh the final four me and doom got new edition all right so next up we got silk versus black street this is tough because i really like black street but like like doom said man silk i can't go against silk again on this one like black street got some hits but i don't know if they got silk level hits yeah man, we gotta go silk it's it's crazy that we agreeing on every single one of these. Like I'm trying to go the opposite <laughs> way to make some, some content, but Silk got it. <laughs> Silk yeah, got I, that like, shit. I love the Black Street No Diggity and and uh Don't Leave Me, but like like you said when that, that nigga, before the beat come on the you sold me dude with the freak me baby like no bro that, like, that's no. a smash bro that's a fucking smash. <laughs> Chris, you going Silk as well? Of course, man. There's no hey. competition. So I got Silk. Me and Doom got Silk versus New Edition in the final four. Chris has Boys to Men versus Silk. All right, next, Jodeci versus 112. I love Puff and, and Peaches and Cream and all that shit, but I'm, look, Jodeci is beating 112. Yes, sir. Like, yes. I, like I'm, I'm, pulling up, I'm pulling up 112's track, like, songs just to see if they got anything that could, like, Cupid was hard, I'll be missing you anywhere, all that shit cool, Peaches and Cream cool, but, bro, you're not beating, you're not beating Jodeci, so we all in agreement on this. The next one, Drew Hill versus Next. I'm rocking with Next into the final four. Like, I'm not like Cisco. Like, I know I've argued for Cisco and Drew Hill with the thong song, but that's not Drew Hill. Drew, like, I, I gave it to him for Bell Bill DeVoe, but I'm not giving it to you in the second round. Name me a Drew Hill song that y'all be fucking with, like, heavy. Uh, they made, we not making love the war. In my bed was nasty. In my bed was nasty. Well, y'all, if y'all go Drew Hill, I'm not mad at it. Uh, I'm going next again, bro. I'm, uh, I'm, going next. I'm, I'm that, taking son. Drew Hill. I'm taking Drew Hill. Fuck that. I'm taking Drew Hill. Fuck that. I'm I don't. I'm not Hill. mad at you. Doom got so, Drew so Hill. To get off this conversation, I'm doing next on. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Me, Chris, rocking next. All right. Let's get the final four. New edition versus Silk. For me and Doom, we're gonna do that one first, and then we'll do uh, Chris's Boys to Men versus Silk. Doom, man, this is tough. Cause like. Still got hits, but New Edition got hits. And New yeah. Edition gave us Bobby Brown, and they gave us Johnny Gill, and they gave us Belle Biv DeVoe. I, I, can't, I can't argue against the catalog. New Edition got a better catalog than Silk. Yeah, man. Can you stand the rain wins it oh, <laughs> over yeah. everything they got going on? We going yeah. New Edition. Nah, I'm going New Edition as well. All right, Chris, are you going Boys to Men or Silk? Yeah, man. I was going Silk over Boys to Men and New Edition, man. 
Oh, okay, okay. Boys to Men gets it. All right, so new additions in our... No, I'm giving it to Silk. So I'm giving it to oh, Silk you... over Boys to Men. Yeah, I feel like Silk got it, man. Over oh, everything. Oh, real? Crystal got Silk in the finals. That's an upset alert. Okay. Yeah, all right. That is. <laughs> That's a, all right, word. So me and Doom got new addition. Crystal got Silk. I ain't hating on it. All right. On the other side, me and Crystal got Jodeci and Next. Crystal, I think this is where Next ducks out the ducks out the competition. At least for yeah, me. Like I said, Next got them hit. Them big, they got the big, big bangers. But Jodeci has more of the big, big bangers. Yeah. No, we're in agreement on that. I got Jodeci. So, all right. Uh, Doom, who you got? Jodeci or Drew Hill? You rock Cisco making it to the finals? Jodeci. Jodeci oh. got to make it, man. All right. So, now we got... Crystal got Jodeci versus... Silk, I'm gonna let Chris do this one first because I don't I don't know if Silk gonna upset or not. No, not 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 when it comes to Jodeci, man. Jodeci is just they are poster child R and B group. That's what yeah. R and B groups should be. That's what that's the face of R and B groups. Like when you spell of the '90s, especially when you think of R and B groups of the '90s, you think of new uh, not new edition. You think of uh Jodeci. Yeah, Jodeci. I was looking at I was looking at a list of new edition songs. But uh, just to try to see, I'm trying to think about if they would if they would compete. Because to me, even against New Edition, Jodeci is just the boys. You know what I'm saying? And that's the conversation me and Doom got to have right now. Doom, oh, how you rocking with this? Because I'm looking at New Edition's thing. They got Can You Stand the Rain? If it is in love, I'm not counting Candy Girl because that's them as children. Yeah. I don't know if I can count Mr. Telephone Man because that's them as kids. Now see, a lot of a lot of their biggest hits was in the '80s. And that's what I'm looking at right now. They was kind of like they was kind of expanding into other shit. You feel me? Yeah. I, look, as much as great as New Edition was, I don't know if I can give it to them over Jodeci. Oh man. Yeah, I, I gotta go Jodeci. I, I really was trying to go the opposite way just so <laughs> to have a arguing opinion, but I gotta go Jodeci, man. I have to go Jodeci. The niggas yeah, was just too cold, bro. And and Joe and you, you so once them niggas got on drugs, it was over with. But them niggas was making some fire music before then, bro. Jodeci was Jodeci is wild, and they and they gave us Casey and JoJo. So word, we got all of us got Jodeci winning. Not that hard, but hey, look, next big banger in uh me and Chris's line, Silk. We all love them. Black Street, Drew Hill. Y'all go check out some of these '90s R&B groups and let us know who you think is the best male '90s R&B group. We should do 90s uh, male R&B singers next, solos. We'll, we'll probably do that next because I, I like this little thing as well. All right, Chris and Doom, I want to get both y'all opinions on this. We're going to start off with some media shit, and then we'll finish off with the Joe Budden topic with JLEC because that's relevant to Louisiana niggas because I see a lot of Louisiana niggas defending JLEC, and I don't know if I'm standing with them niggas on that. But Charlemagne is said this was in Variety. This was in the Hollywood Reporter. Charlemagne, if his is looking to re up his contract, but it said that he's gonna leave the Breakfast Club. How do we feel about that? To me, this is is crazy. But I'll say this: ever since the An Angela uh, Angela Yee situation, the Breakfast Club has not felt the same. So I get it. If Charlemagne leaves by himself, he can get in the TV. He can get into his own, making his own content. Him and Andrew Schultz always talk about that. Doom, you're a big fan of Flagrant Two and everything they do over there. I, I think Charlemagne will end up leaving. And I think it's a great move for him. You know? Yeah. Like I look at it like this. So with people and, and granted, we all know that the Breakfast Club is where we grew to love Charlemagne. But I look at the shit that he do outside 
side of the breakfast club and if everything you doing is bigger than what you doing at the breakfast club which is under another company iheart why wouldn't you want to do have your own venture something that you you have ownership over you know what i mean you can control what content is going out you can control and and bro i listen to a lot of uh brilliant idiots with uh charlemagne and, and andrew schultz and a lot of like i think charlemagne dropped some of his grievances with the breakfast club just on accident like he'll just be talking and not realizing that he kind of speaking on a separate situation but i think a lot of it is he don't like how i goes about putting together the breakfast club and then i think it started some beef between the people on breakfast club when they feel like charlemagne is the fiance of the group like nobody like it when one person is outshining the rest when they started off as three equals you know what i mean yeah like charlemagne was just some nigga that worked at a radio station and then he grew into like the at least for our culture i i can't think of a bigger media personality like, no, and I, I love Joe Button, but I don't think Joe Button even on his level. You know what I mean? Like, Charlemagne has reached the top media nigga in for our culture. You know what I mean? That's not that's on that. I, I would never argue that because Charlemagne has sat with presidential candidates. Like, the Breakfast Club, when you look at when they first started, it could be argued that DJ Envy was the biggest one. And then this guy from South Carolina comes in and just starts changing shit up, changing the game. And he becomes Charlemagne the God. And it's like, without Charlemagne, them interviews don't hit like talking about. Like, that's a fact. DJ Envy and Angela Yee ask the most bland questions every time. And that's no disrespect to them because I respect them and everything. They put a decade of being the best show, the top radio show, the best hit place to get hip-hop content. Without them, I don't know if hip-hop content gets as big as it does. They play a very crucial part in it, but Charlemagne plays a very, very crucial part. And I don't think... I think at first leaving may be weird, but for him, I think he'll succeed elsewhere. But it could be argued that besides Brilliant Idiots, a lot of his MTV shows didn't work, but maybe he grew and doing all this stuff with The Breakfast Club, we can see from his YouTube content, he's grown and maybe learned from those mistakes. Chris, how you feel about Charlemagne leaving The Breakfast Club? Man, I feel devastated because no more Charlemagne on the Breakfast Club means I'm not going to be watching the Breakfast Club no more. So Facts, no. Charlemagne is the Beyonce of that group. Like, I fucks with DJ Envy. I fucks with Angela Yee. But I fucks with them as sidekicks to Charlemagne. Like, I'm not about yeah. to watch no fucking break. Like, whenever, like, Charlemagne was absent a couple of times. Like, I know whenever they did interviews and Charlemagne was like, hey, I got to up and leave. And they were like, oh, it's all good, brother. Go get your money. He would get out there. I'd be like, turn the interview off. It's done. Yeah. The fuck yeah. I'm listening to DJ interview, uh, DJ, uh, interview, interview everybody? The thing is, yeah. Charlemagne, like you said, he may have not win, he may have not won with the um, MTV shit. But at the same time, he doesn't need to rely on anybody's content. But uh, he could make his own content. I love when he teams up with Joe Button and they do their their, their tag team content. Uh, they make a great duo. I feel like if they would ever have their own show with just them two, it would be perfect. You feel me? And let me let but me speculate. Don't even need Joe. Let me speculate because I think this might happen. State of the culture. No matter, because Chrissy, you watch it. I used to watch it. Doom, I don't know if you watch it now. I watch it all I the watch time. Time to drop, I watch it. I think State of the Culture is Joe Budden's weakest thing. His pod and his pull-ups are what, are what is making his name. I think State of the Culture okay. is weak. And I think Joe 
might not like dealing with how Revolt does things. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if State of the Culture, once they finish out this deal, is done. And we see a Joe Budden and Charlemagne show. That would be amazing, bro. For the fans, that would be amazing. But I do feel like there is some hidden tension between Joe and Charlemagne, so I don't know That's if they go too. into a joint venture together. Joe got the type of ego to where he wouldn't even do that shit with Charlemagne because Charlemagne is the bigger, like, not to shit on Joe because Joe has built a lot, but Joe's not Charlemagne yet. Like, Charlemagne has worked hard to get where he is, deserve everything he's got. This nigga has two books under his belt, if not more than that. I just know two. I be seeing him all the time whatever, on the breakfast club behind him. Oh, yeah, no, he got two. But uh, the thing is, like, Charlemagne is, like, next level with that shit to where, like, he doesn't need the breakfast club. He doesn't need Joe. Joe would need Charlemagne before, you know what I'm saying, vice versa. Not to say either one of them are thinking like that, but it would be great to see them do some collab content together. But it, I wouldn't... I, Joe got ego issues. Like, just the way he, he was with the, the act situation, you know what I'm saying? Joe put himself on such a high caliber. Like, Joe is perfect for the Joe Button podcast. That's his uh, controlled setting, his pull-ups, you feel me? He, he go forever do do great as far as that, you feel me? But I feel like he, he's good at State of the Union, too, because, like, he's low-key the host. Like, he's the main nigga and everybody else's co-host, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And as soon as you put another nigga next to Joe that's, like, equal to Joe or above Joe, he could be like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, I don't uh, think I don't think that was the case though. I think I think the the fallout. I think he really liked having act because it gave him somebody to yell and scream at. You know what I mean? I think he might have like act may not have been his favorite person, but I think he wanted to make that situation work. It's just he felt like the compensation for what they was building wasn't matching the money and attention they was getting. You know what I mean? And and he knew like nigga. I got some shit that's popping on its own. Like, I don't need this. You know what I mean? So he made the decision to just go all in with his podcast, and it worked. So, Definitely and is. I feel like even at, at now, like, niggas go to Joe Button podcast before they go to fucking that show on Comedy. Oh, facts. No, 100%. I be watching Everyday Struggle religiously. But see, Chris, I think, I, I think you are in the minority of because I because their numbers reflect this, what I'm about to say. I think you're in the minority of people who fuck with Axe enough, fuck with Wayno enough to where it's like, all right, I, I'm gonna give this show a shot. Plus, they talk more about artists that you like. So And that's I, the thing. Yeah. I, I watch both of them, but I go to everyday struggle first because they talk about everybody. They give a more well-rounded view. Joe, you're basically watching Joe, Joe's perspective. Like, these niggas be talking about everything, but they don't be qualified to talk about everything. I do love hearing their takes on a lot of things, but I know I'm going into a Joe take. When I look at Act versus um, uh, Wayno and the desk, I feel like I'm getting a more uh, realistic take of what's going on in the culture versus getting a take of, uh, like, not going to lie, Joe Button is more relevant with the youth than he has ever been, but I still feel like I'm, I'm listening to shit through old people goggles. And I do fuck with it to a certain extent. But when you look at the numbers of, like, uh, what what's the um what's the show? Uh, State of the Culture. That shit only dropped like what once a week, and it's doing yeah. like three hundred thousand, three hundred thousand uh streams on YouTube. Everyday struggles doing two hundred thousand streams on YouTube per video, and the bitches just drop every day. They drop four times a week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like I feel like people going to both of them for that type of shit, but people go to the Joe Button content. I would say people go to the Joe Button podcast more than Everyday Struggle, and state of the culture because people just love Joe Button and 
the the cast because yeah. like I go to the Joe Budden pod because I love Rory. I love like just the whole um, the group shebang they got the group the whole chemistry of the group the the content you get is quality is quality is 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 classic all the time and this is from a guy who Joe Budden has blocked on Twitter because I'm a I'm a long running hater of Joe Budden. I've slowly come into not being a fan, but I fucks with him to a certain extent. Like I am a fan, but I'm not a stan. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, uh, but I feel, see, I feel like you you gotta go to Joe when you want like the you go to fucking uh everyday struggle when you're looking for that like you know the interview is is real corporate like like you could tell that everything is super structured like they know what questions they is gonna be asked before they even sit down with the artist like Joe Joe gonna have a pull up with fucking Big Sean and he not gonna let Big Sean just tell him oh I'm really excited about the album we got some nice bang like that's what you gonna get from everyday struggle Joe gonna look at Big Sean in the face and be like nigga fuck all that that's cool we gonna listen to your album but what the fuck is going on with you and Janae why is she saying this in her music like that's what I wanna hear the real shit you know what I mean and I think Joe will forever win uh, for that that's that's for sure his pull ups is a bag that is a bag like he is killing it and like those two, I, I think there's a place for all of them. There's a place for See, all of this in me. I feel like until Charlemagne comes out doing whatever he does, um, everyday struggle is gonna be that place that people go to, like they used to go to the Breakfast Club. Like with the um with the with the Joe uh pull-ups, like I watched the little baby Joe pull up and I watched the little baby Breakfast Club interview, right? They give you two completely separate bags of interview style and just content. Uh I feel like with Charlemagne gone, DJ Academics and Everyday Struggle is going to take over that kind of breakfast club wave. Niggas might still do the breakfast club, but it's not going to hit the same. More of the people are going to be watching other shit. Like, I feel like they go gravitate more towards Everyday Struggle. But everybody's always going to watch the Joe shit because, like Doom said, it's more personal. It's more intimate. Joe's not the type of nigga to just be formidable and be, like, um, professional with you. He will be professional as far as he's not going to be, like, cutting up. But he will get some shit out of you because he'll be like, nigga, I know that's not the answer. You know what I'm saying? He'll be like, nigga, don't yeah. play me. Don't talk to me like you're talking to fucking DJ Envy, bitch. I'm yeah. Joe Budden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think <laughs> that it, to, to a certain extent as well. But as far as DJ Academics and them, like, Wayno and, like, the everyday, the day-to-day content, I feel like their day-to-day content is where they shine. Because their interviews and shit, they just be very vanilla. They remind me of, like, a breakfast club when a breakfast club don't got nobody big. Like, whenever uh, Kevin Gates go to the breakfast club or go to Complex, I watch them, but that just feel feel regular to me when they really going in on a crazy topic you know what i'm saying you're not gonna get the no, button moments I, where he was yelling but. but you'll get something good no i agree with that 100 i think with the breakfast club maybe ending that may help everyday struggle because they put out daily content where joe is putting out weekly content i think it's a different they're playing they're playing similar games but not the same game and i think this helps everyday struggle more than anybody yeah it will sure. be dope to see all three of them niggas link up together like act Joe Budden and Charlemagne. That would be the craziest. Oh, I don't think that's week. ever gonna happen. Yeah. Oh, that's never gonna happen for I sure. I don't, like, I don't Ak- think they'd sit down with Act because and, and I don't think tears them niggas no more. And I don't. And that's that's a point that I've always had. I think Act did not use his platform to the, like he had the game by the balls, and he just he fumbled the rock. But I think he yeah, bounced back pretty well. well I think niggas niggas just start realizing that his takes is more so. It's kind of like going back to the to the Uzi debate we had. Like I feel like Act is gonna more so be on what's popping in for that crowd. He's gonna speak on the shit that people in that fan base finds appealing. And Joe Button and Charlemagne 
is somewhat out of touch with that lane. Like, I don't think you ever going to hear a, a Lil Skies take or a Lil no. Nora take from Joe Button or Charlemagne. Like, they might not even know who them niggas are. You know what I'm saying? So I think act is needed to the game. But for most people, like even myself included, like, I don't really care about what Lil Skies is dropping. I don't care about what fucking, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, not no, going you know, I'm not going to want to hear a deep dive on NBA Youngboy album. You know what I mean? Even though I fuck with Youngboy, like, it's just that's not the kind of content that I really, really care about. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it kind of depends on where you fall, on, on what side of the fence you fall on with that. You know what I mean? If you like act or not. But I just don't see them all three having anything to talk about together. You know what I'm saying? Especially since I don't think act, I don't think act fuck with Charlamagne and them no more. Like, he might yeah. fuck with Joe Mood and Charlamagne, but I don't think... I don't think I fuck with Charlemagne at all. And like, I think everybody has their little mini beefs. But that's whatever. Let, let's get to the, the final topic of the day. Uh, the J Electronica album dropped. And I know we didn't give a review on it, but I thought Hove killed it. I thought J Elect was, it was good. It wasn't Exhibit C. But Joe Budden and J Elect got in an argument on Twitter. And J Elect was like, you can't critique me. He's like, he's like, you ain't never made a classic. So how you can say that? But. I don't know, bro. Like I'm right, and then then when he said that, oh, I'm gonna give you your pod some views. I was like, I look, Jay Electronica, y'all made a y'all made a, a a decent album, but like I don't know if I'm disagreeing with Joe on this. Joe might not have said it the right way, but what Joe said was accurate. Like Jay Z was the best part of that album. It was not Jay Elect. Yeah. See, man, th this is what I don't like about when people give Joe a hard time, and I hate sounding like a Joe Button stand because I. And that's, I I'm not am, trying to sound like that either. Yeah. Like, bro, I feel like we need the Joe Button viewpoint in the game right now because it forced niggas to have to look at shit from a certain lens. Like, nigga, there should be no offense in saying that arguably the best rapper ever outrapped you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't get why that's offensive. Like, Jay-Z, to me, like, I think if we just talking, like you know, a standard opinion of hip-hop fans, most people will say Jay-Z is in the God-level tier. Like, there will not be many niggas to make it to that tier outside of Wayne's, Drake's, Kendrick's, like, people like that. There won't be too many niggas in that level of rapper. To say that a nigga like that outrapped you shouldn't be a negative you know what yeah. i mean like you just got out wrapped <laughs> like and, and and it's your fault because you waited 15 years to put out an album and maybe this might stop us from ever getting that jay electronic interview but it's the truth like bro when you put out exhibit c it's like that was um that was a unicorn that was amazing this is not that like i'm sorry it's just not and it's like it's great rapping it's good bars but i expected more and what I what I got was great Jay Z verses and good good jail good to medium Jay Electronica verses. Yeah, and I mean I didn't dislike Jay Electronica shit. Like it's not necessarily my go to bag. Like I definitely Fuck, will bro. revisit it, but it's not gonna be something that's in my rotation on a daily. Hell you know what no. I mean? But it's like it wasn't a bad project. Like I think the project was actually good. You know what I'm saying? It's just like nigga. Jay-Z rapped better than you on the album. Like, it almost felt like a Jay-Z album 
with Jay Electronica on it. You know and what I mean? That's the thing. Like you made this your debut album and made people wait for so long, and then we get a Jay Z project with a couple with a couple good Jay Electronica verses. And I saw yeah, all man. kind of niggas from New Orleans and Louisiana saying, "Nah, nah, Joe hating this, bro." Like I get we from Louisiana, we gotta support our own, but like we gotta call a spade a spade. That nigga didn't put out good shit. I mean, yeah. he put out good shit, but it wasn't like it wasn't what if you say. This is what you, you got, what you expected from Jay Electronica waiting these 10 years. I'm going to call you a liar. Yeah. Because there's no way that's, you got what you expected. Yeah. And I, I think niggas, niggas know that. We just like pride thing. You know, we got to, especially for the Louisiana yeah. people, we got we to gotta rap for what we know. You know what I mean? What we feel like is ours. But nah, man. Come on, man. Jay-Z yeah, out rap that, speed man. Speed. Like, that's the, just, just be honest. And there's nothing wrong with being honest. Like, you're a great rap. You're a good rapper. <laughs> You just didn't put out the best stuff, or, or you weren't better. Like Doom said, you weren't better than one of the best rappers of all time. And like, I know you were this unicorn guy, and I know we put you in this top tier lyricist category. You might not be in the top tier of that, but you're still upper echelon. Yeah, it's like it's like when fucking uh, Giannis was claiming to be the king. Like, Nick, it's okay. You are a great player. But you're not LeBron. Like it's okay, <laughs> nigga. That it's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's nothing wrong with that. You can accept like the greatest nigga out rap you. Like I don't see why that's a negative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's 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 not. It's not at all. So I'm glad I'm glad we feel the same way about that. But that's all the time we got today. We're gonna get into bros who ball. But before we get into that, because we gotta talk NFL free agency. Doom, tell the people they can find you at on social media. At Lil Doom, SJ, Instagram, and Twitter. 100%. Chris, thank you for coming on, my brother. Tell the people they can find you at on social media. Man, you can find your boy on, at, well, at Chris SJE on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find me on hashtag anime talk every two weeks on the yeah. channel. You feel me? And we got a new episode out right now. Y'all can check that out on YouTube. The audio will be out in a couple of days. Bro, but go check out the we, YouTube. We got to talk, talk about this shit. Next episode, but bro, some shit just dropped. Like it always happens. I just gotta speak on it just because it's the day after we drop. Some shit always drop right after we do the episode. Right. And it's a slow week, a news week. Every time the bleach shit, and I told I I'm so uh, happy. I'm so happy the thing I said, yo, it's probably gonna be anime. Chris was like, nah, nigga, that's a mobile game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just disrespectful with it, nigga. Not even a PS4 game, a mobile game, nigga. These niggas not even getting the big shit. We, we definitely got a lot to talk about next week. I hope I hope the hype for uh, Bleach is still hype next episode because we gotta we gotta talk about this. Yeah, we definitely do. But without further ado, let's get into the NFL free agency special on Bros Who Ball. So it's that time of the pod called Bros Who Ball, and I know last week we said what we might not be doing Bros Who Ball, but the NFL has kept sports media alive. And we're going to be talking about it, but I'll be talking about my guys with some other stuff to get their opinions on things. But joining the show, Mr. Adam Schubert, as always. Shuby, how you doing, brother? I am living by the NFL, as I thought I would. And I mean, it seems like I always have. The football is just the lifeblood of America at the moment. Look, I mean, I'm living off of freaking Netflix, anime, and, like, just content. That That's about, like... And, and honestly, if I'm being 100% honest, anime and manga are keeping me sane through this quarantine. But I love seeing the fresh sports news because it does make you like, it just gets you, it makes you feel that, all right, we'll be okay. The NFL is going to start on time, right? Question mark, question mark. But uh, also joining us is Mr. Julian Navarre. Julian, how you doing, my brother? 
Oh, I'm doing great. Enjoying the quarantine uh, as much <laughs> as I can. No, I feel, look, there's nothing, like, if if you don't have to go to work, if you're in school, or if your job got cut down, and there's nothing for you to do but stay home, then, like, might as well enjoy, now, like, like I told my girlfriend, like, look, my I can still go to work, but I'm not in school right now, so I'm just home majority of the time, and then with work, I can put in mixes from my house, so it's like, what I, I'm not I'm not gonna just stress sit sit here and stress all day because I'm not because I don't have shit to do like I'm gonna just work on this content and play video like I'm back in the video game world speaking of that Twitch stream coming soon <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. you already know the deal you already know the deal. I had to get back in it but I'm back in it but yeah I mean no no point in in just wallowing around because I see a lot of people just sad on the internet it's like bro we're all in this we might as well just get through the faster we stop clowning around and bitching the faster we can get this shit fixed. Yeah, the faster you just stay put and sit in your homes for a little while, the faster we'll be able to get out. It shows like Stop how protecting pe- people. It shows how people are using so much stuff to escape from their lives. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it and shows. It shows how much uh, people actually are listening out there. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's it's sad, man, because it's like. We're seeing a lot of people that just don't like to be alone, and like I get it, because humans are. I learned this like. Throughout all of my high school and college career, humans are are, incest- are naturally animals that like to travel in a pack. I get that. But if we don't want to, and this is how, another way I look at it, because like my grandmother was like, I want to come to your house. I haven't seen your house, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Mama, I'm not letting you come in here because like, I don't know if I got it. Louisiana ain't been testing like talking about. Like, I don't feel anything, but KD didn't feel anything either. So like, I'm not going to be responsible for your death. If you go around your other grandchildren, that's cool. With that's that's what they gonna have to deal with that. But for me, I'm not ta- I'm not going c- coming in contact with my mom, my pops, my grand. I'm the only person I'm in contact with are, are like Chrissa because he we do anime talk and my girlfriend. Other than that, that is it, dog. Like I'm not. There's no need for me to chance things. And it's like I and like I told my dad, my dumbass dad straight up said this. He was like he called me. He was like, oh, Lyndon, you think the NBA will be back by Easter? I said Easter. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about father and my father is, is very educated he's a lawyer like it just shows you how much certain people just don't understand what the hell is going on but then like a couple a day or two later when he sees everything shutting down he's like oh this might be real i was like yeah you don't think i told you about this a weekend ago like that's my that's my whole thing is just like i'd rather be two months from now be like oh Lyndon, you were overreacting then two months from now be like Damn, Lyndon, you were right. Like, I, I, I much rather that. Like, I, I, I would love to be wrong. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, why, why not just go overboard just to be safe? Oh yeah, it's better to, uh, well, I forgot the phrase, but it's better to overdo it and laugh about it later than underdo it and, and cry. You know, yeah, yeah, and cry about it later. So, and I don't want to spend too much time talking Corona because we talked it earlier. But I mean, it's just it's something that's going around and that we just gotta. gotta like, bro, I hated seeing that video that's going on internet right now about the people in Miami. And I and I've been knowing that Florida was like that because I have friends on my Snapchat. I'm not gonna call them out, but they legit have been at the beach every day. And I'm like, yo, what the hell are y'all doing? Shiba, did you see that video? Yeah, that's I mean, like, I, what are idiots? But I blame I blame the police. Like, y'all gotta clear out the beaches. What are y'all doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, Florida and Alabama are still trying to bank on the whole beach thing, so. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, those kids from there, 
a certain perspective, you could see where it's like, oh, well, you know, I spent all this money and like I'm so I get it's that. so er, it's so early in the thing that maybe I can, you know, get my time in and get my trip in. And like I get it. But I mean, like other people are having to make sacrifices, too. Yeah, you got. And, and look to that point, Schubert. I, trust me, I get spending money on events not happening. I because me and Crystal were doing and, you know, because me and you do cons. I, I had got my money and everything ready to go, lined up, paid for our hotel rooms, everything. My, me and my girlfriend were going to the Bow Wow Millennium Tour. I'm having to, to hustle and see, get, get all my money back because I don't have a credit card, so I'm paying with prepaid cards. So I got to get these people to send me checks. Like, I get the hassle of pre-planning spring break and missing out on events. I get all that. But at this time, it's like, yo, these events don't mean shit because we're all... We a, a population of a millions of people could die. It's like, yo, if we get out of this and let's just say the two point the the two percent of the population die, yo, that's that's millions of people. Like the Earth will look different post that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so it's, it's just like we got to do better, man. And it's really easy. I mean, just go home and, <laughs> and watch stay home. Yeah, just watch TV. It. It's not like we're in the fucking sixties where they only had one television station. It's not it's like, like the powers are at the powers out or your water's out, you know. And that and that's my thing. It's not like it's not like this is a hurricane either. And I know yeah. you you made jokes about this with all the toilet papers nonsense that was going on, but it's just like people are just being ridiculous. But I think it shows that all these social constructs and and i know people gonna be like oh Lennon's on his on his third eye hippie shit but it's like nah man all these things that are man-made they don't mean shit at the end of the day like they don't and it's like we got to worry about each other's health but i and i know i'm saying that but it's just like i just i felt the need to talk about that with you guys but we can get in sports if, if y'all don't have anything else to say i don't know i'm good no i'm glad you jump into sports let's get into it because look we were both right I think our predictions, a lot of our predictions from last week came true. I predicted ESPN and Fox Sports would not know what the hell to do. One na- one network shut down. The other one is just showing SportsCenter constantly. And I don't know why they're showing SportsCenter because it's like, what do you have to report on? And I'm, I know people are sick of hearing about Corona reports. But like Shuby and Julian predicted, NFL free agency. But I don't know if they, they – I don't know if you guys thought it would hit this hard. I did not think it was going to hit this hard. And also both of us thought that – Brady was going to stay. Yeah, yeah. I, said Brady, I was the one who said Brady would go. Well, congrats on that. Now he's yeah. in the NFC South, and I absolutely love it. The real GOAT has came to the NFC South. <laughs> we'll I, see I'm, if he can... I'm waiting for those tickets to drop because I'm trying to go to that game. Oh, <laughs> We're going to see if he can get the ball across the field, but so much stuff <laughs> popped off. Let's start Dang. off. I'm just going to read off a list of things that happened. And we'll start from February 22nd, and we'll just go down to, to today, and y'all, we'll just discuss as, as I list off. So Jets sign wide receiver Josh Doxson, not a big deal. Lions re-sign Danny Amendola. Mason Crosby stays with the Packers. We move to February 25th. Jaguars decline option on Marcel Darius. Uh, Broncos franchise Justin Simmons. I think that's Wait, a, so does that make Marcel Darius a free agent? Yeah. No, they franchise him. You said, huh? Oh, okay. No, no, they uh, they declined the 2020 option for him. Oh yeah, he's a free agent. Ooh. Yeah. So Marcel Darius is on as of now is is out there, but Justin Simmons, do y'all think that's a big deal that the Broncos uh is gonna franchise him? Well, that means they want him. They just couldn't get a deal done, so it is a big deal to him. Uh, I meant to them. They want to keep him. You know, 100%. that's the whole thing about the franchise tag. 
Yep, and we'll get to more franchise tags later. Schubert Giants released team captain Alec Ogletree. How do you feel about that? Uh, Alec Ogletree was a really great college player, but he never really translated to the success of the NFL. But he was a guy who kind of built up in that Giants system. So, I mean, he's a leader, but in a case where you're kind of changing over your entire team, in a sense, where, you know, Daniel Jones is coming in, it's his team now, and now you got new coaching staff, and what, is Jason Garrett's running the offense or the defense? Uh, offense. offense. <laughs> so, you know, new coaches are coming in, new captains are going to be established, so I, I think that it was kind of like a changing of a guard sort of thing. Gotcha. Maybe, gotcha. maybe they're looking to get Simmons. We should, well, Simmons is going to be is franchised by... Uh, no, I mean... Oh, oh you're talking uh, about the linebacker, okay. The linebacker, Clemson. Okay, okay, I got you, I got you, I got you. you. Bengals place franchise tag on A.J. Green. I I think we saw this coming. This is to give Burrow his number one target for Cincy and keep that team intact. The Jaguars franchise tag Yannick Ngakwe to solidify the DN, but they also, and they trade C.J. Bouye to the Broncos, I mean, A.J. Bouye to the Broncos for a fourth-round pick. Do we see the Jaguars breaking up this team? Like, what, what do y'all think they're about tanking. the Jaguars? They're 100% yeah. tanking and breaking up the team. They're going for Trevor Lawrence. They also lost Calais Campbell, who's, yeah. not, who's yeah. not on the team anymore. And they traded. And he, he went to the Ravens, right? Yeah, yes. he went to the Ravens. That's, that's a big. Steal that, of a pickup. A steal of a pickup. Yes, that is a huge move. The uh, I believe the Ravens are kind of winning this uh, NFL free agency, you could say. They're killing it, man. Them and the Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm trying to look to see. Uh, I still pr- think that Arizona's winning right now. Ooh, well, we'll get Arizona to- just added one. We'll get to but that, But that, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to all of that. I'm trying to I'm, – I'm, I'm not going to rush through to the Ravens because we have way more to talk about with them. But – Next up, we got because the the, uh, the Jaguars are definitely tanking. I like the pickup for AJ Bouye for the Broncos. Shows the Broncos are trying to compete. Uh, we see a lot of retirements. Um, Jason Peters is testing free agency for the uh, for the Eagles. I think that's going to be big. But Peters has been hurt, and Julian, you mentioned that all last year about how Jason Peters isn't really doing too much, and maybe he's one of those voices that they had to let go because he was a Nick Foles guy, not a Carson Wentz guy. Oh, yeah, no, I 100% agree. That that Eagles team, look, Malcolm. once they got rid of Malcolm Jenkins, that lets you know they're going for a whole culture change. They didn't, they didn't resign him. That's what it was, right? That's how he got to the Saints. Uh, um, they let him walk. So that's how I know they're going in for a whole culture change and changing everything to give Carson Wentz. They, they're deleting everything that Nick Foles, everyone that was there with Nick Foles and won that Super Bowl has got to go. Yeah. So, they're starting from scratch and build. It's the same thing that the Seahawks are doing with Russell Wilson, with with, with uh, whenever, you know, the Legion of Boom. They yeah. saw that attitude. They got rid of the Legion of Boom. We're sticking with Russell. We're going by him. They got rid of everyone that wasn't on the same, you know, which was everyone that didn't have the same mindset. <laughs> as in, this is Russell Wilson's team now. So, same thing goes along with uh with the Eagles. They're they're copying off the Seahawks and doing the right thing. I I, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you paid Carson Wentz all that money. He's your guy. He's shown talent like you, like we've all said numerous times. Now it's time to get the right people around him. Austin Eckler reaches a four-year deal, $24.5 million deal with the Chargers. Good for him. Schubert, I want to ask you, do you like the bill signing for a one-year deal of Josh Norman? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it, 
he's a good person to have, I guess, in your in your lock, not in your locker room, but I mean in your rotation. Like that's the thing that with the with the veteran corners, if you have like some good young corners, like they do, they have like Levi Wallace, which are Davius White. Um, yeah. So they have good corners over there. J- Josh Norman getting added to the mix is just uh, another solid veteran player in, in there. So, I mean, it's not like they are depending on him, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. So, we're moving quite along. Uh, Patri- Patriots exercise option on the McCourty, but they ended up they ended up signing both uh, McCourty brothers, and they both end up going back to the Pats. Uh, Bills agree for Quentin Spain, old lineman. Um, let's keep it going. They use the franchise tag on Hunter Henry. The Chargers put it on him to keep him in their midst. Uh, right, Vikings release Xavier Rhodes and Linval Joseph to keep clear cap space. Matthew Slater's returning to the Patriots on a two-year deal. Uh, the uh, the Ravens resign DeAnthony Thomas, among many others. Austin Hooper goes to the Browns. How do we like this move for the Browns? I'm going to start off with you, Shuby, because you've been on the Browns pretty hard. Do you feel like this is a good move for the, the new-look organization of the Browns? Do they still have David Njoku? Yeah, they're running yeah. them both, but that's because of the uh, the guy they brought in ran a lot of two tight end uh, sets. Oh, I mean, if they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets, I mean, it's going to it wasn't an issue for them. Like I, my thing with the off season is, is fill your needs and hopefully you can maybe like in free agency, free agency isn't about stacking your lineup. Like there are serious holes in the Browns that need to be fixed. Like, why are we focusing on Austin Hooper? Like, I, I just don't understand. I mean, maybe, they, you know, he's, he's a solid player, but. I still think they need to trade Odell. Like, I just think they have too much too much going on over there. Exactly. Let me jump in on that because they have too much talent. They have too many weapons. And they don't have a quarterback that's good enough to give it to those weapons. Yeah. And then not even just that. They need an offensive line, and they have a good running back. Well, they, they need did a run up, game. They did pick up right tackle Jack Conklin from the Titans. And, okay. and I, I think that's, that's a pretty good signing for three years. They got him a three-year, $42 million, $30 million guaranteed. It's, it's still too. It's still they can get another lineman, man. It's still too many weapons. They need the Austin Hooper. Yeah, is he good? Of course. They, but they want to run a two tight end set. Anytime someone wants to run a two tight end set like that, that means they're running the ball a lot. The Vikings ran the ball a good bit. Okay, so I'm guessing that this coach probably wants to run the ball too. They should get rid of Odell Beckham and either get a draft pick or, my opinion, a, a guard or something on the offensive line to solidify that offensive line. The more Baker throws, the worse off this team will be. Yeah, and and, look, and their defense isn't as I think I don't know if their defense would be as good as it was last year. Not saying the defense wasn't good last year, but you know the defense has talent. But I mean, they need a run game. They, they didn't. They had a good run game last year that they didn't use because they wanted to use their weapons rightfully. So you got Odell, Jarvis, and David. Joku, but you add another weapon on offense. So now they got four weapons on offense plus a running back. Five. Like it's just not gonna work well, in my opinion. And I don't get the signing of Case Keenum. Like, are, are we off of Baker? Like, are they done with Baker? No, is that, is that, like, that back? I like the signing of Case Keenum. Case Keenum had his best season with that coach, and it's a, and it's a safety net. Like, this is, I don't, you know, let's see what, what what happens in the offseason. Maybe Case Keenum does beat up Baker, and that's more of a testament on Baker than it is on anything else. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that they brought him in to take the job. 
But I mean, if he takes the job, then that's more th- on Baker than anything else. I think it just gives you a really, really solid backup. Okay. Someone, and someone who knows the system. And Case Keenum wasn't going to start anywhere else. That is true. It's just like, but like Julian said, this is the year where we're going to see if Baker's real or not. Hopefully he can maintain and win his job because if he loses it to Case Keenum, man, all my Baker takes are just fl- going to be flushed down the damn toilet. Because, like, I'm still believing in the guy. I just hope he can pull it through this year, getting that new t- getting that new uh, offensive lineman, getting the uh, tight end. But, like, I, as much as I don't want to see Odell leave from that, he might have to. So I'd love to see Odell other- leave. I'd love to that. see him leave. Why, why would you want to see him Why would you want him in the, in the Cleveland? When's the last time Odell's never played with a really good quarterback? I know you're a Giants fan. Oh, no, I agree with that. But I want to see him with, like, like a legit quarterback. You know, I've never seen him with a – Truly legit quarterback. I would love to see what Odell could do in Houston. Mm, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. I would love to. You know, I would love to see what he could do. I mean, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not like the best quarterback, but I mean, he's in, in a in great that system. system. Shannon, I, you know, yeah. what I'm saying I would Shannon, love to see that. No, that yeah. that those are good options. I'm not got a few scenarios, but. So. The next thing we have is Jaguars trade defensive end Calais Campbell to the Ravens for a 2025th round pick. I like this for the Ravens, man. Like the Ravens bolster that defense, make that defense stronger, and they're accumulating draft asset to fill these holes once these people get old enough. They're trying to make a run for it, and I like. Yeah, this. they're making a run for it, and they're aggressive, and I love it. Yeah, no, I love Joe too. Burrow. Better watch out. Hmm. He, he Joe be- Burrow's be getting sacked. Playing um, yeah, I mean, the Steelers and the Ravens are stocking up. I'm not worried about the Steelers. I mean, they're going to have a quarterback deficit. Ben, Big Ben is finished. I don't know why they don't just go ahead and draft a quarterback and get it over with. I agree. Um, I'd trade up right now if I was the Steelers and get somebody. Oh, I still think that's possible. No, Time they, to it's not possible. Well, not, not that they would trade yeah, but I think that they would get a quarterback in this draft. That's what I'm saying. Not necessarily one of the first rounds, they don't have but a first like, round. well, they don't have a first round quarterback. They need to either go get one, like in free agency or something like that. Big Ben is not like he had a whole Tommy John surgery that ends pitchers' careers. What do you think they do to a quarterback? Oh, I agree. Uh-huh. I think Big Ben's definitely he's done. He's 37 too. I don't understand, but that's neither here nor there. That's just I trust the Steelers. Look, the worst they can go is eight and eight. That's all I gotta say. The worst they could go is eight and eight. So we're going to see how they move. But the next move we got, Ryan Tannehill agrees to a four-year deal with the Titans and the Titans place a franchise tag on uh, Derrick Henry to bring both pair back. The Titans think they got a, got what it takes to win it all. Schubert, I know me and you were big on the on Ryan Tannehill switching up with the Titans. Do you like this move to keep their guy? Uh, well, granted, how you feel about Phillip Rivers, they're probably the best team in their division. Mm, I, I, I'd agree with that. I think they are the best team, especially with the Texans making moves that they did. I don't think Phillip Rivers has enough, but the Colts are putting probably the best team he's had around him in a long time. So at this point, if, if the Colts don't win, it's on Phillip. I don't know if it's on the other players. At well, least I mean, this- I, I just think that he, the Titans see the success that they had last season, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, we did so – we've had – We've done so much with Ryan Tannehill. I feel like there's probably some loyalty stuff there. And maybe they couldn't pull Brady, and they knew it. So they were like, let's just t- cut our losses, take Tannehill. We'll figure out what to do with Derrick Henry at the end of the next season after we make another push because they know they could probably make the playoffs again. And now they're going to try and, and build uh, on some of the other weaknesses, and we'll see what they can do with drafting and all that. Yeah, we're going to have to pay close attention to the Losing Jack Conklin's a big deal. 
that is losing some of that line that protected uh, Tannehill so well last year. So we're going to see how they have to fix that come the draft. But next up, we got Bradley Roby agrees to terms with the Texans. Wait, 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 wait. Let me stop you. Them franchise tagging Derrick Henry and giving Ryan Tannehill that big contract was the biggest slap in the face. Oh, I've fact. Seen oh, sure. Yeah. So far within the last two years. I mean, if I was Derrick Henry, I wouldn't even play. The team is him. Go ahead and let uh, Tannehill throw that much and see how that turns out. There's a reason Miami released him for real cheap. The dude's not good, and you saw it in the playoffs. He barely threw any passes in the playoffs. I even think I mentioned it in one of my articles. I mean, the first two games that they won, he didn't throw more than 15 passes each game. Yeah. And they went ahead and paid that. 60-something million guaranteed in the $108 million contract, and people got the nerves to call Dak Prescott crazy. But whenever Ryan Tannehill's bringing in money like that, and Derrick Henry was the one who was doing all the work, oh my. If, if I was Derrick, Derek, if you're listening, sit out for a few games and see how it goes. Only sit out for about two or three. They go ahead and lose three games in a row or something like that or have some struggles, you'll get a brand new contract where you won't even have to sit out that long. And look, the thing is, with that franchise tag, I think they're going to run him into the ground, man. And then they're going to give him a bullshit contract after not being able, like, next year, like Schubert said. It's just, I I, I agree with everything you said, Julian. They're they're definitely doing him dirty, and he's going to use all of his his, uh, legs and and just just get run into the ground, man. We've seen it happen to so many people. DeMarco Murray is the most recent example, but... We'll see how the Titans move forward, but I agree with you. Derrick Henry shouldn't play, but and, and he's just not the kind of guy that's gonna. That's like, not like, gonna, yeah. Speak up like that because he's just never been that guy. But he's he gonna, should. He's gonna go with it. He's gonna go with the punches, and it's 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 gonna be something to see if Derrick Henry, after this franchise tag, is still putting up numbers that he was last year. Because I feel like when it's time to get his deal, he's not gonna get a big deal, and that's that running back. Uh, that running back hurt that they go through when it comes to contracts. But Giants expected to place tag on Leonard Williams. Schubert, do you like that move? Yeah, Leonard Williams is a solid player. I mean, he needs to stick around. It just stinks. I always I hate when people can't get their money, but and the franchise tag is kind of generous, and they do give you a good bit for a year, but it stinks that we can't get him more on track for something long term because he's a he's a good he's a good guy on the defensive line and y'all gave up a draft pick for i mean y'all exactly trade with him like i don't understand he must have wanted a lot of money and whatnot but he's a really talented player that the giants need considering that their whole team is young someone that you want to build with because he's pretty young himself so it's unfortunate they couldn't get a deal he was probably asking for too much they and who knows maybe they they may get a deal done later this year or and not not let him walk come next year but the Bucks are going to franchise uh, Shaquille Barrett following his breakout. I, I, I don't blame the Bucks at all. Get that, keep that kid in. It's his first year as a full-time starter. Let's see if he can do it again. And if he can, let's try to get him a deal. The Packers get a ter- deals with Christian Kirksey. I, I, I don't know how that's going to affect their defense. I don't know if that's a great move because he, he wasn't that great at Cleveland. But it just adds depth to that team. Steelers place franchise tag on Bud Dupree. And the Vikings and Kirk Cousins agree to a two-year contract extension. Julian, since you were championing Kirk all during the postseason after the Saints and everything, how do you feel about this move? That's probably one of the worst moves behind Ryan Tannehill of this postseason. I don't <laughs> understand. He gave you mediocrity for two or three years. You want some more of that? He's not going to get better. I Look, he beat the Saints, right? 
after having so many bad primetime games, he was due for one. It's just unfortunate for the Saints that it was during the playoffs, okay? But he was due for one, so I knew it was coming soon. It didn't surprise me that it was the Saints. But at the end of the day, he's still Kirk Cousins because he choked during the San Francisco game. He had one decent drive, and then after that, he played absolutely terrible. He's a check-down player. I don't understand how you give that much money to Kirk Cousins. And there's a reason Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are always frustrated 24-7. For a a team that has Adam Thielen, who is probably a top 10 receiver in the league, and he's already expressed his frustrations, and you you wanted Adam Thielen to be one of your franchise guys, and you're going to depend on Kirk Cousins to be his to be the one. Like, get maybe it's good that it's only two years, but roll the dice and go get someone that you know what I. I it, could you imagine if they would have went and got Jameis Winston? The ball would have been in the air. They still can. I know they won't, but because they paid Kirk that much money. But the problem with Jameis Winston and the Bucks, the Bucks didn't have a run game whatsoever. So they had to throw all the time. So people were expecting them to throw. Now, granted, James, you know, had some bad picks on his own. But if you have a solid run game, you don't have to throw the ball that much. The Vikings have a solid run game, okay? And whenever they want to throw, Kirk is always hesitant. He always overshoots or something. James never really had that problem. He just throws too much, and he'll throw it anywhere. But I think James could have produced in uh, Minnesota. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that could have produced in Minnesota. I just They got comfortable with Kirk Cousins. They're not going to go anywhere further than the second round of the playoffs. I really don't understand, you know, yeah, I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. This is uh, this is the same problem. Well, let me not say the same because it's different because he's younger. But this is a similar <laughs> problem that I have with the Saints signing Drew Brees, giving him fifty mil. It's like, bro, if you can't throw the ball over twenty yards and you got to dink and dunk every time when it comes to the playoffs and the run game isn't working and they're pressing up and and you're trying to get that fifteen yard pass and they're not letting you get it, and you got to throw it down the field. Can Kirk Cousins get it done? And he has not been able to get it done. And my thing is, if you're trying to progress in this game, I know people say the run game and everything, but the reason why I think the Chiefs Chiefs were so successful at the run game in the playoffs was because so many people were scared of Patrick Mahomes because if you focus on that run game, he's going to eat you alive. This quarterback, Kirk Cousins, does not have the ability to eat you alive and put fear in the defense where they're concerned about the pass down the field. And if that's the case, I, I agree with Julian, I agree with Schubert, they're not gonna. They're not gonna win a lot of games. They're gonna make the playoffs. And if you're content, and see, I see a lot of Saints fans saying that, like, "Oh, we won the division. We made it to the playoffs. We're winning." To me, that is mediocre. That is a. That is a bullshit ass opinion because making it to the playoffs, winning a division is cool. But do we hang up banners? The Patriots do not hang up division championships because they hang up fucking banners and the same thing with Kirk Cousins and the Viking I have the same problem with Drew Brees yes we can make it to the playoffs yes he'll have great regular season numbers but at the end of the year will we hang up a banner I do not think so the same the same deal is way different than the Vikings Uh, with the Vikings uh you know they have all the pieces to be a Super Bowl yeah they do it's more so are missing someone who will deliver the ball and I mean now Stefan digs out they're a little less so, but you know, they'll figure it out. But and we'll like, get to the digs move because he but, he is gone. And with the Saints, like that's a whole different thing. Like it's the it's the baseball rule. First, first time you went out there, 
Miracle in Minnesota. Next time you go out there, no call. The next time you go out there, you lose to Minnesota at home. Three strikes, you're out. Yeah. You got to make some moves. You like, got. They, they haven't done anything. And, and the anything. And the bullshit that people are saying is like, oh, well, we got robbed the one year and we just weren't ready this year. Weren't ready? What are you What are you talking about? And I know people are going to say, well, Michael Thomas broke his arm. Bro, if you're out there, I expect you to perform. And Drew Brees oh, couldn't. Oh, please, dude. Michael Thomas, uh, he didn't produce in the last playoff series. The, the one against the Rams, he had like 70 yards if. So I don't want to hear about the Michael Thomas. It doesn't matter. He's the only receiver. That's the problem. You can't. Yes. You can. You can bull. You can go through that through the regular season. You can't do that in the playoffs. And if Drew and they were in situations where they had to throw more than twenty yards, I mean more than ten yards, where they couldn't dink and dunk, they couldn't throw it over the top of the field. And the only time that they did, they had to bring in the backing quarterback to throw a fifty-yard bomb that was kind of unexpected. So they had to throw some trickery. The same thing with uh, New England. Whenever that told you a lot about Tom Brady and the weapons that he had, and you know. I couldn't deal with him whenever they had to do all sorts of trickery with Julian Edelman throwing uh, touchdown passes yeah. and stuff like that to get it. The same thing with the Saints. They kind of had to revert to that. And, and look, the, and people ahead. are saying, and look, not to cut you off, because I agree with everything you said. I don't like the deal we signed for him. People are saying he's underpaid. Bro, we're giving, we're giving a 40-something-year-old $25 million for two years. Like, that money could be spent elsewhere. <laughs> well, it's a cap hit thing, so... It's only one year guaranteed. So if they don't want him to come back or he chooses to retire, which he should have done, which he probably will do after this year, um, they won't take a long term. They won't take a dead cap hit because the money stretched out over two years. That's why. So the, the extra year isn't really a big deal or anything like that. It leaves it for the option for him to return. But if he doesn't, they won't take a big cap hit. That's the whole issue with it. So that's what people are misunderstanding. Uh, but with even the with Drew, I don't think he's. I think he's gonna come back. I think Drew. Yeah, Cunningham that's is the problem. Point. That's but the problem. It's, yeah, it's probably. It's probably honestly. I think it's probably up to the Saints to be like, hey, don't come back. But you know, around here, people can't let go, and whatnot. They had a perfect segue with with Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, and, and now you we're know, gonna get by. Now we're gonna get cooked by Teddy. I don't. Ooh. I don't know about that. I, some I don't know about that. The Panthers are trying to tank. But whenever they sign Teddy, it makes me think that they're not trying to tank. Well, well, save your save your Teddy thoughts. We'll get to that in a little bit when I get to the. Uh, <laughs> but, but but here I, we're the moving Saints. to the Stefan Diggs thing. Oh well, you want? We, do you have anything else on the Saints with with Drew Brees? Oh, I could go uh, in for hours, but uh, I yeah. mean, we already know what I'm gonna say about it. Uh, I you know with the signing of Tom Brady, I don't know if we'll get into that later, and I could stop now. Yeah, just but, yeah, yeah. Stop now. Stop now. Okay. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Cause I'll, Here, go I'll, to I'll, Stephon I'll, Diggs. Well, go ahead. This, this kind of goes into the Saints with me. Go to Stephon Diggs. What was what did the Vikings get for him? Okay, hold on. I'm, let me pull that up. So, so Stephon Diggs. My, my point here is, if you're the Saints, why didn't you make that move? Well, we see. I saw two big receiver trades, and why didn't the Saints have either one of them? Like, well, they I don't have anything the, to give up. Well, let I mean, me uh, let me tell you. Okay, so the okay, so the Bills acquired D- Diggs from the Vikes for four picks. They got they got four four picks from the Vikings, and two uh, of them were next year. Yeah, so I mean, this is a good look for the Bills because now they get somebody who can stretch the field for uh for uh. Oh, it's we- fantastic for the Bills. Yeah. The Bills own that division now. Facts. They 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 are the favorites of the AFC East. 
Yeah. And it's, I agree with Schubert. Like, we, the Saints are, aren't making any moves for weapons, and I think we're going to try that bullshit where we can now, draft someone, try to find some small-time guy, and, and see if we can put together a, a, a team. And I, I just don't know if that's going to work. They can make it up if they sign Robbie Anderson. Mm, that mm. is true. I don't think the Jets are going to let him go. They need a he's, receiver. He's gone. Why didn't they? Oh, he is? Why didn't they make moves? They need a receiver. Bad. They need well, they, a lineman. Bad. But that's the Jets for you. Okay, so next up we got, I'm going to go to Julian's team before we get to the Texans. Julian, y'all placed the franchise tag on Dak Prescott, the exclusive franchise tag. So how do you feel about this? You know, I'm not too happy about it and whatnot, but I honestly don't know what Dak was really asking for. You know, if he thinks he's worth, and I know the Cavs are going to extend and stuff like that, but, like, I, there's no way I'm paying him more than $35 million. He's not going to be the top two paid highest quarterback in the league. Uh, he should have honestly got the Jared Goff contract, which was ridiculous. You know, maybe, or just a little bit more than Carson Wentz. What's, you know, I think they kind of gave, but if I was Dak, I just kind of would have, they offered him $33 million. 106 or 105 guaranteed. If they would have did like 33, 110 guaranteed or something like that, or, you know, 109, I think they would have had them. You know, it's about the guaranteed money more than the yearly figure. But with with the marketing potential, I mean, I don't want to say I'm a team guy because I know in the first contract, you don't take a discount. But, dude, you ain't got no state tax and you're a Dallas Cowboy, meaning you have, you make endorsements so much money in endorsements. It's ridiculous. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't really hurt that bad. To and take, now Amari Cooper's take, in no man's land. Exactly, but it doesn't really hurt that bad to take like I don't know an extra three or four million off a guaranteed contract. Whenever you're making that up and not taxes paid and endorsements that you get that you wouldn't get anywhere else. So it's his agent. He has the same agent as Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> so his agent swings for the fences. So I can't hate on that. You know his agent can get it done. But uh, I think part of me wants to think that they franchise tagged him just so they can continue the contract negotiations and whatnot throughout the year. But uh, I think they only franchise tagged him because they knew they had something with Amari Cooper already brewing and they weren't going to continue to wait on uh, Dak. They knew they wanted to keep them both. So the best way to do was to franchise Dak and, you know, just hurry up and sign Amari, which they did. So, I mean, I'm not happy about it, but, I mean, he can't be playing hardball like that. Like, he has to realize the Rams fucked up whenever they gave Jared Goff that contract, okay? Uh, I mean, Carson Wentz got a great contract. I think Carson could have went for more, but with his health, you know. I, you know, you give Dak a little bit more than Carson, maybe the same as Jared Goff. And I, I don't know why he's trying to go for, like, $36 million, like, Man, you gotta you gotta make it. Man, you gotta go to at least a Super Bowl or make it to a conference, you know, title game. And, and that's well my that's my next that. point. Do you think that this tag is to see like, all right, sh- show us now? There's no more Jason Garrett excuse. There's no more excuses. We got the team. We got the coaches. If you don't win it, we're gonna try to look elsewhere. No, I think it's more because quarterbacks don't grow on trees. But people don't understand. I think it's more of the lines of. Look, your agent wants to be an ass and play hardball and put you in this predicament. That's his issue. But because they, they're trying to work with him and they offered him money already, like $33 million a year. You know, they want him. They really want him, I believe. It's just his agent is playing complete hardball and whatnot. So I don't think it's more of like a, you know what, prove it year or anything like that. I don't even think 
I, I don't think it's like that at all. I think it's more of like, dude, we're offering you in a good amount of money. I mean, you're a Dallas Cowboy. You have no state tax. You got more endorsements than anybody could ask for. Like, you need to give us a little break too. We're trying to we're trying to win a Super Bowl and keep some good quality players that you need to where you're not doing everything by yourself. Like, help us out. We're helping you out. But I I, I don't get it. I mean, I wish I, I think just Dak has an agent in his ear that's trying to make a big name for himself, and I think that's hurting him more. Yeah, I just wish someone close to Dak would be like, hey, man, that's good money. Like, f- fuck those two or three million dollars. Like, you have more. He has more. He has more endorsements. Who's the highest paid quarterback? Russell Wilson. He has more money and endorsements coming than Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson has a uh, past has been superstar as a wife, you know. So I, I don't get it. And won a Super Bowl and been a two. And he has he probably has more endorsements than Russell Wilson. Just because so he's a cowboy. Just because he's a cowboy. So I, I just don't get it. That, that's that's all I have to say on that. I just don't get it. I just want to get your take on it. Let's get to the next big, big move. The Cardinals and Texans swap David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to start with you, Schubert. I, I, look, this doesn't make sense to Shocking. me. When the Texans' <laughs> best player was DeAndre Hopkins, like when, when Deshaun Watson couldn't move the ball up the field, you knew one thing was guaranteed. You throw it in D-Hop direction, he going to catch it. And I, I, I put Odell Beckham Jr. in the top five wide receivers of, of in the league right now. And I know a lot of people would put DeAndre over him. But DeAndre's great, man. And I, great for the Cardinals. Good for Kyler Murray. But I just don't get this for the Texans. Like, what is David Johnson going to do for you? First for the Cardinals? Damn. Yeah, great like, move. Like, That's a okay. steal. Go they Cliff go Kingsbury. For that. <laughs> go Cliff. They should go to jail for that, how they pull that bullshit off. I think, yeah, go ahead, Chief. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, man, they have Larry Fitzgerald on one side, DeAndre Hopkins on the other. You know, you supplement having a very old star receiver for the hottest receiver in the NFL. And you're going to and you're going to pair that with your young, uh, not rookie, now second year sophomore quarterback. And he had a phenomenal first year. Now you're just going to give him a very reliable receiver that's going to save him. Make him look good. And be like, a locker is... room booster. Like, DeAndre's not a diva. Like, DeAndre's going to be great in the locker room for a guy like Kyler Murray. And Christian Kirk, oh, well, I mean, he's who's a young wide receiver. With Larry Fitzgerald, who's the greatest person true. you could ever that, have in a locker room. That is very true. So, but, but you can't, the more people you add like Larry Fitz, it just builds a culture in this team. You know, Christian Kirk was the, now the third receiver. Solid. He yeah, he can grow. He is fast. And so now, now if you're the Cardinals, the the thing that no one's really talking about is everyone was talking about the Cardinals were going to take a receiver first. You don't have to do that now. Yeah, you can now build, you can build line. your line. You can build your defense. This is was a great move for them because now it frees up their potential for the draft. Yep, Julian, I want to get your take on the Texans side because I know you're not a Bill O'Brien fan. Well, that's just another reason why. You shouldn't. The only person that should be a GM and a coach is Bill Belichick. Other than that, you can't. I think uh, Bill O'Brien got his emotions uh, involved in it and let it get to him. He was just going to take the first suitor, whoever came his way. He probably didn't want him in the AFC as well. So he just said, you know, I'm going to ship him to Arizona. Like, that's some sort of curse. But, uh, I mean, I that was just where Stephon Diggs goes for four draft picks. You know, Jalen Ramsey goes for like a first and a second or something like that. All you can get was a second and a and a, a running back and a wash. Oh, no, it was a fourth. 
It, he they got a a twenty twenty second, a twenty twenty one fourth, and David Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that's all you could get for, for that sort of player. I mean, that's just another reason why the owner of the Houston Texans, whoever he or she is, needs to cut ties with Bill O'Brien completely. Not his decision making is just horrible, and that just. His decision-making, you could see it in his coaching. He had, I always thought he had poor decisions. The moment I saw they had the playoffs clinched and he had Deshaun Watson out there still playing in the fourth quarter, an injury-prone Deshaun Watson, I was like, what is this man doing? And then after the 24-point blunder and the uh, playoffs, you know, you could just tell, like, you know, he's not a bad coach. He's a solid coach. But his decision-making is just horrible. Well, that translates into him being a general manager as well. What the hell were you thinking? He literally took the first person who called, and that's because it happened so early. He couldn't have sat on that for two days. I mean, they got a boatload of other teams who he, I guarantee you the Arizona Cardinals gave him a low blow, a low ball offer just to see, and it happened to turn out to work. I guarantee you there's other teams that would have gave him a low ball offer that was that was even better than a low ball. Them, yeah. yeah. Like a low ball that they would even think, you know, like, oh, we'll give you a first and a next year's second. And people yeah. talking about Bill O'Brien didn't like the fact that he had DeAndre Hopkins was bringing his baby mamas around. Like, bro, that's that, that has nothing to do with football. Like, if this dude's not being a distraction in the locker room, I don't care what your personal opinions are on this man's sex life. Like, you can't judge this dude. Like, this dude's performing. He's good in the locker room. And this is not the first star we see walk away from Bill O'Brien. It's just like. I don't know if you're Deshaun Watson, how you have faith in this organization. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Watson, I mean, he already came out and supported Bill O'Brien, which I think was ridiculous. And the one other thing about the David Johnson thing is it's another positive for Arizona because they get rid of that contract on a player that was not getting better. And now they'll be able to keep Kenyon Drake. They put him on a franchise tag. Franchise tag, yep. So he's a okay running back for the time being He's fast and he could catch they got weapons that's the so thing. like I, I think that that they got a solid offensive set there and like i said they have the ability to to now work on the line and defense but with the texans yeah bill o'brien is a dumpster like An idiot bro like he's he is like the browns the Texans he, are the, he might be are worse. Like the Browns of the AFC. Like they're ruining themselves. Like they're completely imploding. And where the rest of the, their division has a plan, Tennessee yeah. has a direction. The Colts have a have a plan. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, they have a plan. have a plan. Yeah. So like the Texans are the only ones who look like they're out there floundering, and it's just because like they're. Uh, and I feel the same way about them as I do about Cleveland. I think that they're a, a totally misrun franchise and never deserve to have been to brought up and and they got and and the crazy thing is more so with them than the browns because we don't know baker's capabilities but they have a guy they don't just have they have a guy and it's like you're wasting this dude's prime like he's and he's injury prone yeah Yeah. like you are you're just fumbling the rock and now deshaun watson's gonna be this dude that could have been great probably put up great stats but might not ever win a super bowl because of bill o'brien who's he throwing to now yeah that's the thing because of bill o'brien's uh incompetence like this is just incompetence and i know people can be like what do you three guys know who are doing a podcast or just in out, out in the open it's just like no bro like your eyes can tell you a player who's who is just good and successful and just helps this team without deandre hopkins i don't know who what deshaun watson does last year i don't know how he looks he probably looks even worse and we're gonna find out this year yeah it's it's just a shame man sucks sucks that that had to happen but go arizona 
Yeah, go good for Arizona. So the 49ers agree five-year deal with Eric Armstead, the defensive lineman. Cowboys signed Blake Jarwin to a four-year contract. Uh, Julian and his Cowboys get their guy. Now that Jason Witten's out of there, Blake Jarwin can get some time. I'm happy for y'all. The Falcons land tight in Hayden Hurst after losing Austin Cooper. And I think that's good for the Ravens. I mean, the Falcons game. I think that's good for the Ravens because Hayden Hurst wasn't, wasn't their best tight end. He was just good in the well, system. He was a receiving tight end, and what they could yeah. really use is someone who could lay a block. Mm-hmm. And, the, and they also get from this, a, um, the Ravens get a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. So they're just building up that draft capital to maintain the big signings while Lamar Jackson's on a rookie deal. They're doing it the right way. Uh, the the Bills signed defensive in, oh former Bills Shaq Lawson agrees to the Dolphins Dolphins just adding people man I, I like the deal for the Dolphins uh, Bucks bring back Jason Pierre Paul we got 49ers trade DeForest Buckner to the Colts for a first round pick Schubert I'm gonna go to you we were speaking about the Colts this is a big move because now they get a super super all pro defensive tackle to bolster that line and this is what I'm talking about. Philip Rivers is going to have one of the best teams around him. It's going to be up to him to produce for the Colts. Yeah, I think um, this is going to be this is definitely good for the Colts. They really could use, you know, they could use anything at the moment to kind of set them apart in a division that's easily up for grabs. And uh, the 49ers, I mean, getting that 13th pick in the draft is huge. Yeah, and they're coming off a Super Bowl, and what, what they just show that they can how great their drafting ability is with the group of guys that they have out there right now. I mean, who are they going to get the 13th pick? It could be someone that could, that could really utilize. Like, they could actually really use one of those receivers. Huh. So we're going to see what, uh, how they move forward. The Colts doing looking good so far before we get to that Phillip Rivers news. But Saints reach agreement with David Onyemata. He's coming back. Uh, Dolphins reach terms with uh, safety Clayton. Fajilium. I'm sorry I pronounced your name wrong. I know I did. Giants sign James Bradbury. Uh, let's see. Let's continue. Dolphins What's the same for Birmingham? The Dolphins sign Baron Jones and making him one of the highest paid cornerbacks in the market. Do we like all these Dolphins moves? I'll ask you, Julius. Yes. I love, I love all the Dolphins moves. They literally have a plan to be good. They literally have a plan to go to the playoffs within the next two years. And they added Hell, they're trying to go this well. year. So they, they, they're adding pieces, some veteran pieces. They're building a defense. That and they're, point, all they're doing is going to draft the quarterback. Yep. No, they, they, they got to draft the right one. Yeah, they do. They got to make the right decision. So we're going to see. Now, they I've been, now I've been hearing rumors that they want to trade Howard. And I'm thinking that that's to make a play for the third or second pick. Mm, who do you think they're trying to get? Two. I think they're trying to get Tua. But okay. I think they're trying to secure that by moving up, which would really be huge for. Uh, you know, I, I think that's also why they're accumulating the picks so they can tr- possibly make those trades with either Detroit or Washington. And that that's not a bad play for them because getting two in Washington would be the move because Washington just wants to get Chase Young. And if you can get that trade, trade all those picks and get your pick to get Tua, blind for blind Brian Flores has his team and he's setting his culture. Miami's looking good. Ravens reach a three year deal, 30 million with Michael Brockers again. Ravens just making great, great moves. The Bears land Jimmy uh, Jimmy Graham. How do we feel about? I don't know if I like this, but I mean, maybe he can rebound in the Matt Nagy system. No, I, no. I don't know. If this is a good move. He can't. He couldn't. He didn't do shit with Aaron Rodgers. Probably the best talented quarterback we've seen. So if he hadn't, if he couldn't make it done work with Aaron Rodgers, then I don't know what to tell you. 
How do y'all yeah. like Mariota going to the Raiders? I don't. Uh, that was a stupid special. thing. Yeah, I was dumb, but whatever. I mean, they they see something in him. I, he's not a gunslinger. John Gruden likes a gunslinger. Jameis to the Raiders would have worked well. Yes. John Gruden likes a, a gunslinger. Someone, someone who will just go crazy with the football. You know, kind of matches his personality. Marcus Murray, Mariota is a more conservative Derek Carr, in my opinion. Yeah, they're, they're very similar. Yeah, they're very similar. So, uh, Kendall Fuller goes back to the reunites with the Raiders. The Bills add uh, at, uh, Mario Addison, defensive end. Uh, Ex-Bears deep tackle Nick Williams to join the Lions. The 49ers are re-signing Jimmy Ward. Uh, the Giants add tight end Levine Teolio. Uh, let's see anything else. Cardinals reached three-year, $30 million deal with Jordan Phillips. And now to one of the big ones, Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. How do y'all feel about this one? I'll start with Julian, then I'll get you, Schubert. I love it. I mean, I love Jameis Winston because, you know, Florida State. Florida State's my team and whatnot. But whenever you got the all-time GOAT coming in, I don't care how old he is with those weapons, he can't do worse than Jameis. He ain't going to throw that many picks. That's all that matters. He can throw the same amount of touchdowns. Also, he's coming in to the division where I believe he could wreak havoc considering that Carolina, I don't think they're in position to do anything. I don't know what Atlanta is going to give me. Yeah. But I but I do know, I think it'll be up for grabs between the Saints and um, the Buccaneers. The but the real GOAT has come into the NFC South. All these Saints fans that are on my timeline talking shit about, you know, last year saying Drew Brees is so much better than Tom Brady. If Tom Brady had, I mean, if Drew Brees had Belichick, he'd have seven, eight rings. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, bitch, we're about to see those head-to-head matchups <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> Schubert, how do you feel about the Tom Brady move to the Bucks? I did not see it coming, but Me, watch what? out, NFC South. The the arguments that I hate hearing right now is, oh, uh, you know, Brady just played in a division that like was terrible and i mean for years yes it was but you got to remember some years he was playing against the jets that were really good but anyway the division that he just came into is really not that much better than the division he just left no it really isn't like the teams you know carolina we could see being a team that's tanking the saints they have major questions in the secondary yeah they always have and the uh and uh atlanta is like julian said is a complete question mark so we don't know what's going to come out of Atlanta, but they haven't really been putting together a good defense either. So now you put him in a situation where he has Mike Evans, who's top five receiver in the league. Easy. Uh, O.J. Howard, super fast, super talented. Uh, Chris Godwin, really super came... Super fast. Super fast, really came together last season. That is a really good recipe for lots of yards for Brady. And we talk about where... The Tampa, Tampa Bay's biggest problem last year was the run game. They're looking to maybe try and get some get something either, I guess, free agency. I've been hearing, like, the, they might plank and play for Melvin Gordon. I don't know if they have that money now. Uh, or They, they have the try, money. They have the money. So they might get Melvin Gordon. And I, if I was Melvin Gordon, I, why wouldn't I want to play there? True. No, that look, I, I like the move for the Bucks. I do think. We're going to see if Brady's age is going to show, if we're going to see it. But he has the weapons now, so I, I don't want to hear the we- weapons argument next year. He has got- the weapons. He has a coach. If he plays like he played last year, it, he's, it's over for him. I mean, I don't want to say that they're like the Super Bowl, the team to win the Super Bowl or the team to win the NFC South because the Saints still do have a solid roster. 
and there's still question marks on the Bucks. You know, just because they put Brady on there doesn't make you a Super Bowl team. Facts. So no, one hundred percent. We'll see how it comes together and how the moves shape up as the summer progresses. But as of right now, you know, Brady to Tampa Bay is huge for Tampa Bay. And if I, and if I was a New Orleans Saints fan, I'd be looking at Tampa Bay and be like, "Wow, well they're making major moves to to do something." And yeah, look at wh- Carolina. What? Wow, they're making moves to eventually do something. become something. Yeah, you know, Atlanta, you know, whatever. But and, and speaking on Carolina, what do you think of the Teddy Bridgewater move? Because I, I like it. I like it with Joe Brady, and I, I think maybe the Panthers aren't in a place to make a run, but I think this is something they can build on. They, they I love the the Joe Brady has a system. Bridgewater has been in that system. It's similar to the Saints. I think this is something that's going to work out for both parties. I, I like it for Teddy. I'm happy for Teddy. I think yeah, it gives. It gives you the stability that Christian McCaffrey needs to see. Yeah. And um, especially with losing Luke Keekley, you know that you're not going to have the season that you want based on that. So having Teddy there gives you a little bit. At least you're not concerned about your quarterback. Yeah. You know, that, it's, you know it's, he's it's somebody. It's who, to go in the draft. Can, yeah. Now you, we'll see what they do in the draft. I still think they draft a quarterback. Mm, okay. Well, we'll see about I mean, that one. It depends on what happens. Like, you know, why wouldn't they want to draft Jordan Love and have him sit? Like, why wouldn't, you know, it, they don't have to immediately have somebody, but I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is, like, going to be the guy that they were going to try and build their franchise around and make, and make a Super Bowl push with. I don't know if that's what they want to do yet. It could be, it's, but it's, I still think nah, that they could draft some. No, nah, I think Teddy Bridgewater is just a placeholder, and I think, I think it, it kind of told me that they don't want to tank. They know it's going to be a rough, but but I think this new owner is not like, or and the general manager is like, look, I'm not about to go ahead and be like the Cincinnati Bengals and go ahead and uh, try to go Owen whatever, win one game, you know, something like that. In the first season that that they're trying to build a culture with a new coach. Yeah, that's just not a good look and whatnot. And uh, like the Miami Dolphins, we thought they were tanking. No. You know, and they must see some quarterbacks in the upcoming draft other than, um, what's his name, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. There must be a third or fourth quarterback that we're not thinking of that we haven't seen yet that might come out. And maybe they have their eyes on that because Jacksonville is going all in on the tank. Um, you know, that's the, the Patriots only team might. Like the, the Patriots will not tank. Like, what I, are they going to do? We we well let we'll talk about let's talk about that now. I who do y'all think replaces Tom Brady in New England? Well, right now it's going to probably be Jared Stidham unless Kobe no. Brissett goes back. Um, the the Patriots like their quarterbacks to be a certain way or maybe look a certain way, but at least be a certain way. I'm gonna leave it at that. But I I can't see them tanking. I I can't see Bill Belichick out there trying to lose games on purpose and doing another full rebuild. They basically have they got Stephon. Yeah, it's well, dude. I mean, okay, last year, who who they have everybody. The only difference is Brady's not there, and Brady played like shit last year. And look how well they did. Look how good the defense was. Of course, they replaced Kyle Van Noy. I mean, they let go of Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins. But what have we seen with the Belichick system? Plug and play. How many now? How many great linebackers and other players played in New England? Did good, left to get a payday somewhere else and not produce. That's com- that's common because the Patriot system is so, you know, the Patriot way in their system is so good. It makes players look better than what they really are. 
So I'm not if you if you just sit here and tell me, oh, I think the Patriots are only gonna win like four games, you must be out your mind. I mean, they won almost all their games based off of defense last year. They had plenty of games where Tom Brady maybe threw one touchdown and they still won. So if they, start Jer- if they start Jared Stidham, they they're not winning more than six games. Yeah, he's I don't know. Move I, better than Brady. I'm gonna ask this question because I agree, I agree with you, Schubert, about Jared Stidham. I don't I don't I don't think he's the. guy. I don't know how many Jared Stidham games you watch, but yeah, I, that dude that dude's not the guy. Uh, I'm gonna ask you this, Schubert. Do you think Belichick goes after a Cam Newton or a Jameis Winston? Probably not. So, Julian, what do you think? Do you think Belichick goes after a Cam Newton or 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 a Jameis Winston? No, but could you imagine if he got Jameis and controlled him? That and that's what, that's fantastic. And that's my thing with Bel. I, I, I would make him a Hall of Fame coach. Well, I would if Belichick goes after a Cam or a Jameis. I, I'm more. I would love to see him with a Cam. And yeah, the only reason why I say maybe not Cam is because they can't get a physical on him right now due to all this Corona stuff. But man, I'd love to see Belichick take on one of those dudes and just keep winning. In the if he gets one of them, I don't know if the Bills are the favorite anymore. Well, dude, oh, the problem with Tom break. Brady, the, the, the problem with Tom Brady was he couldn't extend the play. Like, the moment the pocket started to come in, and they had some offensive line issues last year because they had some people hurt. The moment that po- like, he can't move, he couldn't buy an extra three seconds, which means a lot, you know? Yeah. And then they're talking about, ooh, the receivers aren't that good. They couldn't separate. Okay. You know, Julian Edelman's banged up. You know, he's getting older and stuff like that. They're thinking the kill Harry is a bust. But was he? I mean, he was he was hurt as a rookie half the season, walking into the most um, were, were, were difficult offense to understand, coming in as a rookie, and he only played half a season. I mean, Muhammad Sanu was a whiff. But, you know, who's to say they won't go find another receiver or something like that? Like, it's possible. So I don't understand. Like, who, who's to say? To, maybe the receiver might have needed a few extra seconds to bust open and coverage or something like that. And maybe Tom Brady couldn't buy those extra few seconds. There's plenty of question marks as to, you know, we see Tom Brady and we give him the goat stabs, which he is and stuff like that, and say, like, oh, he can't do no wrong and stuff like that, which in my eyes is kind of true. But, I mean, he is declining in age, and that does have an effect on the whole team. His throws weren't as well. There was plenty of throws where Tom Brady threw. It was like, oof, that's not normal for you. So, and, but we always want to blame the receivers. And you know I love LeBron. It's the same thing as LeBron effect. It's never LeBron's fault. Well, Tom Brady gets that same, you know, uh, justice with him, I guess you would say. It's never Tom Brady's fault. So I wouldn't be surprised if a, if a quarterback that was a little bit more mobile could come and give a little bit more juice to this offense. How do you feel about uh, Patriots, Hubert, before we move off of this? Because we only got two more things. Left. Oh, I mean, it, they got to do something. It, it just can't be Jared Stidham. I, I can't imagine them going into the season with Jared Stidham as their starter. That would be just r- ridiculous. I agree. I agree. Look, so Schubert, might as well go back and get Mettenberger. What do you think about the Saints bringing back Malcolm Jenkins? Uh, nostalgia. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much this adds. I think it's an upgrade over Von Bell, but Malcolm Jenkins is thirty-two years old. I mean, I thought uh, Von, I think Von Bell's a good player. That's not that old. Hey, look, it's not that old, but I'm just Von Bell wasn't that bad, but it's an it's an upgrade. He's veteran. I, I just don't know. If this makes the Saints where they want to go, I think it's an upgrade, but I just don't know if this makes them where they want to go. Um, I mean, I think they set, they're settled up where they need to be. They really needed to make a corner move. They still can. Uh, yeah. So it it's not that what they did, this signing is bad. The signing is good. It's a good signing. 
but why is it the only one? And why hasn't it been for a core need? Mm, yeah, no, I'm with you. And they because they let go of Eli Apple, there maybe that means they're gonna try to look for a corner to go in with Janoris and uh and uh Marshawn because they need another one. We'll see what they what moves they add. Uh, Julian, I want to ask you how you feel about the Cowboys adding Gerald McCoy and Anthony Brown returning for a three-year deal. Um, I don't really care much about the Anthony Brown thing. With the Gerald McCoy, I think that's a, a solid veteran pickup. Uh, he's 32 years old, but I don't think he's the same 32 as Malcolm Jenkins. So, uh, I mean, he's a great for the locker room. They need that on the defensive end of the ball. He wants to win. Uh, he produced well in Tampa Bay for all the years. He did all right in Carolina uh, last year. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see what happened. Yeah, so good for y'all. Good for y'all. Anything <laughs> it was a else? solid pickup. Yeah, no, it is. It, solid. It, it, it bolsters y'all's defensive line. Shubert, anything else you got that you want to mention before we get up? Nick Foles to Chicago. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. I knew that was the – I knew I had one more besides the uh, Cowboys. This mean, To me, this means Mitchell Trubisky's done. Uh, well – yeah, I think no, he has a fight. Yeah, now it's a fight, but I think that they are going to give Nick Foles a fair shot because they're going to be paying him a lot of money. And that's Matt uh, Nagy's guy. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that Nick Foles to Chicago is good for Chicago. I think now if Nick Foles does start for Chicago, they have the second best quarterback. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that that makes Chicago into an area to where now all right, we got the pieces. They added Robert Quinn to go alongside uh, uh, to go alongside uh, Khalil Mack. Now we got the veteran quarterback. We got all the weapons. The line's good. We got a play caller. If Mitch Trubisky can't move the ball up and down the field, well, we got a guy that can and and play to the system and you know works in your system. Yeah. So I mean, so, this could be a, a real big. This could be a big move that no one's really thinking about right now because they've already said how in they are on Trubisky. But that could change any day. And I and I think that will change come next season. But that's all the free agency moves we have to discuss today. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode. Schubert, tell the people they can find you at on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ashubert14. And you can listen to the Bryce Who Binge podcast every week. Uh, this past week, we, uh, we were kind of talking about how the music industry or the movie industry has been shaken up by a coronavirus. They have delayed Black Widow. What are they going to do? We think they should put it in pay-per-view. So that that's uh, kind of what we've been talking about. But we're going to be coming up with things to talk about during the whole coronavirus movie hiatus. And next week uh, we got top plenty 10, of stuff to watch on Netflix. We got top 10 Cartoon Network TV shows next week, man. And yeah. I'm I'm excited for that. I've been re-watching them. And people are going to be upset at my list because there's one major one that people love that will not be on my list at all. Like, at all. That's interesting. We'll it's see a, how that is. And it's a major one. But, uh, Julian, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. You can find me on Twitter at JujuNav, J-U-J-U-N-A-V. And you can also find me on LinkedIn at Julian Navarre. Um, go ahead. Go ahead and follow me on both social media platforms. I post some good content. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, you can find me at LimbyWT on Twitter. Follow Birds Think at Birds Think. Be sure to check out the most recent episode of Anime Talk on YouTube now. The audio will be out in a couple days, but like Schubert said, check out Bros Who Binge. That was a very solid episode that shows you how the movie industry might be in trouble with this corona stuff, and we pitch our suggestions, as well as review Dave and Paradise PD on Netflix this season two. We're reviewing Dave weekly, it seems now, because that show is just great. But other than that... 
that's all we got. Be sure to stay tuned to all the quarantine content. But for Schubert, for Julian, for Chris, for Doom, my name is Lyndon. You guys have a great one. Enjoy yourselves. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Please, please be safe in all this. But until then, peace.